What's going on, everybody? Cali Death Podcast back once again. Another Thursday in your living room, in your ears, in your car, wherever the fuck you're listening to or watching this. Uh, episode 38, always with my resident homies, my, my fucking brothers in this shit for the last nine, almost 10 months or whatever we've been doing this, uh, Casey, Joel, and Joseph. And today we brought another international, another Canadian Montreal's Phil from First Fragment. What's going on, dude? Hey, man, how's it going? I'm pretty good myself. Thanks, dude. Thanks for giving us, uh, you know, I always feel, you know, it's like we try and get these things early enough to where you guys who are, you know, in different time zones that we can try and link up. And and it's just like, I'm so grateful for, because if I was a dude who had to go on at 10 p.m. my time on a weeknight, you know, I'd be like, fuck. Dude. And then they're going to hit me with three hours or whatever of talking. It's like, God damn. But thank you so much, dude. Thank you very much. Oh, no worries, man. It's my, it's my pleasure. Hell yeah, dude. So, yeah, this is this is uh, something that we, we usually do. We like to go back to we like to do the history. So it's like, how old are you? When did you start getting into metal? All that type of shit, dude. We want to. Break details, it juicy details. All right, yeah, right. Think, break it all up. Before open. we do that, we should kind of mention the new album coming out and the the plug in there. Oh yeah, yeah. Sorry, dude. Plugs, all that stuff too for merch. Like, where can we find first fragment merch and news and all that kind of shit? Well, um, we have a new album coming out on October 29. It's called Gloire Eternelle, and um, so you'll find all the pre-orders on indie merch and Impericon. All you know, if you want flags or you know, vinyl cds uh merch everything even beanies man we got them so just nice. treat yourself <laughs> oh, yeah. um i was really really impressed with the artwork on the album can you speak to that for just a second who did the art adam burke uh, it was my second time working with him um it was a very, very difficult task uh he's he's very busy because he's very talented and so you know talent equals more demand um he worked very hard uh, to, you know, capture the feel we wanted and um, speechless. You know, we were speechless when we first saw the, uh, the painting. And, you know, the fact that it was my, you know, I worked with him before, like I said, with another band. It's just it felt natural for, for me to to go back to him because, you know, he kind of understands the ideas I always want to portray on, on, a, on a painting and in relation to the music. So it was just like natural, but like I said, he's, 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 uh, it's actually, I don't want to, you know, I don't want to sound, uh, sorry. I got, yeah. When I have it lapsed like that, uh, you know, when I, my English starts trailing off, you can maybe cut that, but <laughs> I was going to say, let me, let me start over. Um, That's all good, dude. No um, Adam is, uh, he's, he's just fantastic. You know, he's, uh, he's su he surprised, it surprises me. He doesn't charge more because of the quality of his work. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, no, he's, it's incredible. And, you know, I think the overall vibe of the music, uh, really fits like the, the, the palette of the colors. I'm, I kind of associate colors with sounds. So the choice of Synesthesia. colors was really something interesting, uh, and in, in like important for us to like, you know, it's like this, these colors have to be there in that specific part of the painting because, you know, the music mm -hmm. goes along with that, you know. 
Yeah. Yeah. Cool. No, I think I think he did an amazing job. It's like probably my favorite album art I've ever seen on a death metal album. I was immediately really? like, yeah, this cool. is this is it. Like, this is what I want for my stuff. Like, I got to get in touch with this guy. That was like my first thought. So, hmm. yeah, man. Yeah, you do it, man. Like, contact him. He's like I said, he has a heavy workload, but you know, he's 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 super easy to work with. So, awesome. Yeah, well, thank you. Do that. He's yeah. got the workload for a reason. Guys, yeah, never, exactly. Yeah. For a good yeah, reason, yeah. man. Definitely. That's yeah, awesome. That new man. sample track is insane, man. Really yeah. good. It's like to me, I, I described it immediately as like I got like a Jason Becker almost feeling, like mixed with like death metal and like all kinds of just epic, man. It's like uh yeah. I feel like you're you're going balls to the wall in this next one, man, with the shred. Yeah. Um, you know that song, it's funny because it wasn't even on the album, you know, when we you know, finished writing the album. We started recording. And at one point, I'm like, you know, there's on vinyl, side B of the vinyl, there's like extra space there. We should put a song in. We're like, oh, should we re-record a song from the EP? And it's like, no. And like, after that's like, oh, maybe we should. And we were like in a dilemma. And eventually, I was like, oh, you know what? Fuck it. I'm going to just write a song. I just wrote it like in a day. And I recorded Jesus. it the next day. And I presented it to the guys like, oh, shit, this song's great. Let's put it in the album. And turns out it's, it's the first single we put out it's uh it's crazy <laughs> man awesome. it's just like out of the blue totally like written as like in a single day just and the next day record it and like the the guitars were already recorded for the entire album almost but then you know this song came out of nowhere it's like oh I, i'm gonna go back just to record that song you know <laughs> yeah i love yeah. i love how those happen with everybody i think that i know have had yeah. one point who composes and writes music something just fell into their lap that day you know exactly whether wherever it may have come from it, it's just there now and it and and sometimes you'll you you know for the next song you do it may take months you know but for some reason the 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 way things aligned something falls into your lap and you actually take the opportunity to bring like make it real you know it's yeah. it just it like somehow the uh something just comes into us like we're a fucking satellite dish and and whether or not you can actually drop it into a hard drive and use it or let it just be, disappear but it's like those beautiful things that happen for an artist where you, it's just for some reason everything aligns and you grabbed it and you got it and that's fucking cool dude for something the song like that I mean, yeah, those I mean, are all, all usually the most like there's always something really. Um, I don't know, there's something magical about when you like hand up with a song that just like it hits you like a truck out of nowhere and you, you write it in one single day. Uh, there's always something magical about the, 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 the type of song when you write it. And, you know, I think I remember how it hit me. I was actually doing something unrelated, unrelated to music. I think I was doing, you know, yard work, actually. And uh I was listening to Port Royal by a German band called Running Wild. And uh, I don't know, one riff kind of stuck in my head and I came back to my guitar and kind of, I kind of like borrowed an idea from it and I kind of just formed a song from there. So it has, so I took like an inspiration from a band that has nothing to do with extreme metal or, you know, neoclassical metal. Running Wild is a power metal band, but they don't have a neoclassical flair. But mm -hmm. they somehow kind of inspired me to come up with the song. And I obviously combined it with other things, you know, this, this whole, like, um, like this whole, like 
gallop riff before the solo, like a, a swing riff. That's like this type of thing comes from, uh, you know, I'm a big fan of Joy Tafolo. He's one of my favorite guitar guitarists of all time. You know, his first album is like neoclassical, but his second album, Infra Blue, has like these crazy swing grooves. And for me, that like that album is like kind of the a Bible for like swing grooves. And like, that's why I literally put swing grooves everywhere on the albums. Like just listening to Infra Blue and Greg Al and just has to have like these, these grooves, you know, and just basically instead of playing these riffs in the blues, the blues scale, I just put in harmonic minor and throw in like a LG type of chord progression underneath it. And, you know, that's the thing, man, with our songs, there's a bunch of stuff going on at the same time, but like a lot of counterpoint, but the progressions underneath, man, they're all like, like mom's theme chord progressions or even Iron Maiden chord progressions. It's like, it just follows like a simple bass line and we kind of just construct a song from there. So that's like a small glimpse of how that song came to be. Nice. Just like, like out of nowhere, just a mix of a blend of different things. So you're that's mentioning kind of... a bunch of artists and stuff that like influenced you. So going from, I mean, what did you start with when like, what was like a, an artist, you know, if you take it back to the beginning, like what was like a guitarist that just made you, made you pick up the guitar? Well, you know, I started playing when I was I'm 29. I started when I was 10, but a guitar was not a natural born gift for me at all. I sucked for like three years. I'm not kidding. I played punk. Punk really made me want to pick the guitar up, just playing, you know, punk stuff for three years. And it was fun, but, you know, I sucked. I was not good. Um, and I didn't have a lot of motivation back then, but, you know, going to see Judas Priest. My first metal show that kind of changed everything for me. It just, that's sorry. Uh, <laughs> I kind of just decided, okay, well, punk is still great, but you know, let's take things to another level. And just, I just started listening to, you know, Judas Priest and Iron Maiden. You know, my father is a big reason for that. My father and my two uncles are partly responsible for the existence of heavy metal in Quebec. So in 79, there were not, there were, I don't think, any heavy metal bands uh, existing in 79, but they formed their band and they straight up came out of the gates and we're, we're playing heavy metal. You know, that was before Voivod, you know, uh, Voivod mm -hmm. obviously got, arrived a few years later. He got super big, but DDT, that's the name of the band. They already had a bunch of demos out and throughout the eighties, they released a bunch of stuff, uh, EP in 84. Then they did an album, but it was, it was released because of it uh, as a demo because of the, lack of labels interested the heavy mm -hmm. metal was dying um but like they always had this passion for heavy metal even after the band died and you know he showed me bands he used to listen to that his band ddt uh drew inspiration from you know mm -hmm. and the bands i just mentioned were part of that speaking of which by the way uh myself and the drummer of first fragment we are part of the ddt reunion lineup and we did a live dvd of that like total true Hades heavy metal but like taking like in a modern context like we did the live dvd with the like that was that was sick i was just a side yeah. note but like, so cool. i come from like a, a really like a family of musicians where like my father and my uncles were part of the heavy metal scene back then um on my mother's side my grand uncles um you know some of them were classical uh music teachers um actually one of them actually taught Daniel Mongrain, the guitarist from Martyr. 
like at school a music school college Sick. so it's like yeah it's like it's a really small world everyone in quebec knows each other but like coming back to my original point um you know i was exposed to heavy metal you know through the like the right people by in the in the right way just my father throwing on some like judas priest live concert in 82 that live dvd i've watched like 50 times it just i wanted i, I was like i want to be like these guys you know um and so I, I really, the following few years, I was just into heavy metal, like power metal, heavy metal, anything that had, um, uh, you know, death metal vocals and blast beats. For me, I was like, oh, that's false metal. I don't like it, you know, like really like young teenager mentality that I had back then. And, you know, I was really into like the guitars from, you know, Judas Priest and all these bands, the, the English bands. But then I discovered a guitarist by the name of Ingvi Malmsteen when I was very young and I kind of I threw me on my ass I was like what is this like mm-hmm. like I want to I want to sound like that and then I discovered you know Racer X and Cacophony like I was like 15 I was like super young I was very like I've never heard anything like that I was you know just wow you know and the, so that was my th- those were my like early influences I guess and they're, they're still my influences today but I kind of started from there and the, the reason how for strangment like the way for strangment came to be was um kind of an accident kind of a weird situation um because i had some cover bands i actually did some tours with cover bands when i was 14 and 15 uh that's actually uh, i did that with uh, one of my best friends childhood friends uh, we did a have a punk band before but then we did these cover bands together he would join for fragment later years but I'll come back to this later. Covering the uh, 80s metal stuff still? Pardon? Was Were you covering like the 80s metal stuff still? Well, uh, it was... Uh, we were doing Rush covers, Iron Maiden nice. covers. So not fully 80s metal, strictly 80s metal, but, you know, there was a little bit of everything. Um, so when we did these two little tours, it was like a summer camp where, where you kids come in and kind of form bands with other kids they've never met and they have to create a set list of four or five songs covers and whatnot and you have to play a series of shows across camps in quebec so that was my first touring experience and after that i was like you know i'm ready to go to do something else i don't i'm not just not sure what you know i'm i'm just like it's like i want to make a power metal band you know whatever but like everyone in quebec like that was in 2007 and Everyone was starting, you know, like, extreme metal was becoming really, like, it was, it's always been there in Quebec, obviously, but everyone in my entourage, like, my friends were getting into that, and I was still stuck to the old bands, and I was like, well, I'm never going to find a band, like, like, the way I want, so I gotta, I gotta, you know, get out of my comfort zone, you know, and out of random, my mother one day comes home and says, uh, there's this guy at the gas station he's looking for a guitarist i was like okay <laughs> and he's like well um he says that you know she hands me a piece of paper and there's like a bunch of death metal bands name on them it's like uh he said to give me uh to give you this piece of paper uh because he's looking for a gu- guitarist that plays neoclassical stuff but he wants to put that in a death metal uh, context his name was Gabriel. Gabriel Gabriel Beaupilon, that's the co-founder of First Fragment. Mm-hmm. Um, so 
my mother met my bandmate at a gas station <laughs> and, she, and was your match, like, she was your matchmaker for your band pretty she much really, yeah it was and, like your i don't know scout or something yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah exactly so um like i was slowly starting to get into that metal by that time like i finally like was opening my mind like i heard chapel of ghouls by morbid angel i was like this is this is good you know this is actually great and like when i looked up the bands he had written on a piece of paper there's like two names that really uh, stuck out the most it was cryptopsy and spawn opposition basically what he did is he wrote his, his influences and he like wanted to give that to my mother so my mother would give me that piece of paper so i could listen to the bands and see if i could like i'd be interested and i was like this is interesting so I'm, i decided to go meet him at the gas station i don't know it's, it sure. like a really boring story but no so is he like a is he like a cashier at the gas station is he working yeah. in the yeah and okay. i show i show up on there like i would i had a weird sense of fashion back then i was wearing like all leather like leather uh like leather like uh jacket and leather pants and he, he, he sees this late the guy this young 15 year old kid covering the leather he's like 23 years old and he has like that a short haircut a dead metal shirt and we don't look like we belong in the same we wouldn't look mm -hmm. like we belong in the same band but he's like oh so you're the guy <laughs> that, that that girl told me about it's like yeah so you're the guy looking for a lead guitarist i was like i'm not really into that metal but i'm slowly getting into it but apparently you're looking for like neoclassical stuff and i'm like i'm into these type of bands and so we went from there basically he had a bunch of songs written like a bunch of song ideas and he kind of sent them to me and it was, it was like beyond my playing ability like that guy was already Gabriel is like, so when we started First Fragment, he already had like 30 songs written. And that was just not for, that was just for First Fragment. He had this other band called Senseless Shell, which I'll get into later, which had like 70 songs or something like that. Okay, Gabriel is like, you know, he was doing the whole Quebec tech tech, tech, tech thing before, like, you know, years before Beneath the Massacre and, you know, Beyond Creation were around. He's like, honestly, one, like, he's a, he's a pioneer as far as I'm concerned. He's okay. just like, he's just like low profile, you know, but um, so basically we jammed over the songs, even though it was beyond my playing ability. But every time we jammed, like our first jam went on for like eight hours. We jam in my living room with a drum machine and just us with our little amps. And the songs were already like fully formed, you know, and I was just like, eventually I started get caught, ca catching on because even though my, you know, I went from literally listening to Morbid Angel and then trying to get into like the whole like super technical stuff in like a matter of months, I had to really work my way, you know, on that. It was like a really brutal like change, you know, and especially that the guy is like much older than me and much more experienced when it comes to writing this stuff. Is like super intimidating but after that i you know i got used to it and you know that was when his brother david was uh you know uh our vocalist uh still in the band after all those years he came into uh he came into like the picture and that was like the core of the band for a while we we went from there 
So you uh, said you were getting into death metal, but you weren't really like solid with it. But no, so I just so I just th- went... this band is what pushed you over the edge to get into death metal. Like, yeah, pretty deep, much. Yeah. Like, I, well, it wasn't like my first death metal band. I, I joined I joined so many other bands like soon after. But that was really the first one mm-hmm. that really kind of made me kind of just step outside of my comfort zone and just, mm-hmm. oh, I got to play riffs like these now. And oh, the tremolo picking—that's that's a new thing, and like all these tapping and stuff is like, okay, you know. So it's just like I just like rush straight into it, you know. And during that period, it's like I was exposed to so many bands, and like that it, I discovered by myself, and people were showing me. And um, uh, David and Gabriel had this other band called Shell that I mentioned before. And that was interesting. David was the drummer of the band. Um, and they did a show. And when I heard the performance, um, it was extreme, like much more extreme than the first fragment stuff we were doing. And after the show, I was like, you know, why don't you, I was, I, I was asking Gabriel, why isn't like first fragment and sense less shell the same band? You know, it's like the same kind of songwriting, but one band is, way more extreme than the other and it's like oh, i want first fragment to be a little softer and i was like okay because first fragment when we started you know it was the band had kind of an identity crisis when it came to the style there was some really fast technical stuff and there was some really slow uh, well not slow but mid-paced um almost like delicate riffs you know it, it's good but it, it it doesn't sound it didn't sound anything like the first fragment we know today Mm-hmm. So there was an end of the crisis. At, at the same time, I hear this other band, which has really crazy songs. And I'm like, hmm. And then um, what happened is that, that Senseless Shell band, um, they parted ways with the guitarist, the other guitarist. And Gabriel asked me to join that band too. So I was, we had the same lineup for two bands. At, at some point we decided, okay, let's just fuse two, two bands together. It doesn't make sense. So all the really extreme stuff from that other band fused with first fragment to become just this one entity. And this is where, you know, the sound, you know, started to make more sense. We did the, our first demo in 2008, uh, recorded seven tracks, released four in the, um, the fall. Uh, that was my first recording. Uh, we recorded that in my guitar teacher's place. And uh, we re-released those four songs with the three others we didn't release in 2009. And that was the only reason why we did that is because we were looking for a drummer. And this is where, like, that was, that was a curse of the band. For the first three years, from 2007 to 2010, we did not have a drummer. And we released demos with a drum machine because we were like, this is how we sound like. We need a drummer. Please mm-hmm. play with us. And... People like on MySpace, that was MySpace at the time. Like people yep. were like really like sharing our stuff. Like, this is crazy. Listen to that. But no drummer, no drummer, you know, uh, just nothing. And it's like, okay, well, I think people probably, sh- you know, we should do something a little bit more serious. So people were, no, we're, we're serious. You know, these demos are, they're, they're, they sound very raw and, you know, we should have a little bit of a better production to kind of show what we can do as composers and um, you know musicians so this is where we decided we're going to take three the three best songs from the demos and we're going to 
we're going to mix that with three other songs. And those three other songs, those were my first, my first time taking part of the composition process of First Fragment. Because like I said, Gabriel had a library of songs ready on, like, on end. We mm-hmm. scrapped like 70 or 80% of all the songs uh, from a certain point because we, we really found the direction we were going with. But like that was like that EP. Uh, we uh, recorded that in uh, the, the end of 2009. I was like, I think I was 18 at the time. That EP is, uh, you've probably heard the name before. It's called The Afterthought Ecstasy. That was our first real release. Um, just re-recording three demo songs and th- the, those three new songs that I mentioned that had more of a, more like extreme approach approach you know um and that kind of solidified the rest um we still couldn't find a drummer during the process of like recording that ep so we'd say okay well this is going to be another drum machine release but whatever you know let's just put it out and hopefully we find a drummer with that release and ironically we did find a drummer um you know after their ep was done just like months after uh, we just like randomly um a guy messaged me on myspace saying he wanted to uh, play drums for us. And that's Phil Boucher. Phil Boucher is the current drummer of Beyond Creation. But before he was in Beyond Creation, he was in First Fragment. And we just hit it off immediately. Um, he was like the right fit. And it's like, okay, well, still going to release the EP how, how it is right now. But, you know, we're going to write an album with you. And and then uh, Vincent, um, the guy I did the musical camp with, um, a few years before he joined the band so my, my, I had my childhood friend join on bass and that was like the first true lineup of First Fragment you know from mid 2010 to 2014 we did like uh, we did, you know we did a bunch of shows our first show was in 2011 uh, so like uh, almost four years after we formed but like you know these things take time man it's, mm-hmm. it's a long yeah. process and um those are were our first shows and that's where i kind of i started like becoming like you like i said you know i when i discovered that metal it was with morbid angel i was thrown into the whole tech that thing by gabriel but i kind of continued on listening to bands like morbid angel and this is where my other main band ktilis came in um i started another band uh, with the drummer first fragment, Ktilist, uh, which is more like a very different kind of death metal from first fragment, very dark, very like swampy kind of thing, really down tune, like really cavernous vocals. You know, a lot of people compared us to like the old Finnish bands of the 90s. It was like a completely different thing. So at the time, I was kind of launching myself into new bands. Uh, I started doing stuff with Serox, the band from Mexico. Um, so join, just joining a lot of bands while at the same time continuing on first fragment. So it kind of brought new like dynamics into the band, just like working with different musicians on, on the side kind of gave me new ideas. And this is where um, I started like writing full songs for the band. Actually, that, yeah, that was in 2010. So the EP wasn't even finished. Uh, actually, it was finished. I mean, it was not even released because it took like a year to release from the, the, the time we finished recording it. But I actually, the, before it even released, uh, I actually wrote all the songs 
that I wrote for her 2016 album Design. So the opening track, Le Serment de Tion, um, the instrumental song, L'Entité, uh, Goula, uh, I think that song seems to be really, I guess, popular with people into the band. And Evran and uh, the instrumental classical song, all these songs I wrote in that period when I was like super young. And we kind of just decided, okay, these songs, you know, we're releasing an EP, but these songs going to be on the next album, whenever it is. And that was like, that kind of established the, the next like direct, like musical direction of the band. And it was the songs were becoming more neoclassical, more varied, you know, and um, with like, at the same time playing with all sorts of bands from everywhere at the same time, it kind of made a really interesting melting pot of influences. And um, yeah, so we did shows until 2012 and we decided to start recording the album Dazain in 2013. But then man, that's, that's where like we got really unlucky. Uh, Mathieu uh, from Augury, who was recording us, he got his computer stolen. Mm-hmm. Uh, that, you know, it wasn't that bad in the sense that he had backups of his files, but the recording process itself was halted for, for a while because of that, because, you know, he doesn't have a computer to, to work with. Um, and then Phil was, a pro- or drummer, was approached by Beyond Creation, and he's like, well, you know, I'm going to keep doing T-List with you, Phil, but for Stragment, I, I can't be into like tech that bands who are like really like pushing hard, you know, at this all at the same time in different directions. So he, he made the hard decision to leave for Swagon for Beyond Creation. And honestly, that was a great move because <laughs> the band, because like for Swagment is like, it, it's always been kind of, kind of a cursed band in a way, but you know, we always kind of had like the, the motivation to keep, you know, going, you know, whatever, whatever it took, you know, uh, mm-hmm. We recorded the album, and by the time we were done, like with the basic tracks, it's like we don't have a drummer. We still you like Phil is gone, and no one's no one is gonna play with us like back then. So yeah, so we were like, what are are we gonna do? And we come came to the cl- conclusion that we had to find a drummer elsewhere. Um, and you know, we Gabriel and I we don't have the same musical taste at all like we share a few like we're both into spawn opposition or like we were heavily into severed savior too like we have a few bands in common but like my musical background is not the same as this so our tastes did not match except for a few bands one of them was severed savior and we were big big fans of the band it's like what if we asked the guy from severed savior to play drums on uh with us and we're like, this is crazy. It's never going to work. It's, he's from the US. I was like, well, we could still ask him, you know. Uh, and we did. And he's like, yeah, I want to I play with you guys. And we're like, damn. All right, yeah. well, we're going to do that. We don't have the money, but we're still going to do it, you know. Um, yeah. And we kind of used that as a... Like, I, we didn't have a label, but, you know, Severed Savior had worked with Unique Leader before, and I was like... Hey, Herrick, uh, we had the guy from Savage Savior with us. Here's our EP. Uh, we're going to do an album that's better than the EP. We had the guy from Savage Savior. Do you want to sign us? And he's like, yeah. It's like, cool. And it's like, that's how we got like, oh, well, 
we got like a label that's going to help us with the budget to, to cover like or, or the production expenses and the drummer expenses because Troy, you know, he's dude. I love Troy. He's so cool. He's amazing drummer, but like he's an amazing human being. He's just like he was gonna. He wasn't gonna like charge us an arm in a in a in a feat. You know, he's just gonna say you know he's just gonna take a small cut and like the money is gonna go into like uh, the recording fees. And he's super like uh, he's super laid back and stuff. So it's like of, of course we're gonna give you like an extra. You know, so we want to get some some as much budget as possible. And working with him was so fun, man. It's just like super nice. easy. Because, uh, you know, Gabriel wrote half the album. I wrote the other half. And the way we do it is, you know, we write all the instruments and everyone kind of writes around the, like the skeleton of the song from that. And Troy, you know, he was totally fine with that approach. He kept some of our ideas and then he threw his ideas into the mix. And there's like mm -hmm. a mix of, of like his ideas and <clears throat> ours just like... It, it just it was perfect you know it's perfect the exact match. same approach that he took when i can't when you're telling me the story right now it's like so crazy how similar the carnivorous deal was it's like we should get the guy from severed savior to play drums on it and we're like <laughs> is yeah. he really gonna be down you know yeah, and then yeah. we just hit him with it and he's like oh yeah dude totally like i'll jam out and then it, it was the same thing that whole process of getting there and then here's our ideas and and then troy puts his flair on there and you end up in a band with Troy from Severed Savior, and you're and, That's awesome, man. And and that, so that that feeling you got as well, and obviously you got him later on down the road after what was it? so this album came out after Servile, right? Yeah. So Dazain, so Dazain was like recorded in 2013, but we found Troy much later, so we recorded in 2014. But then uh, we had to record more stuff in 2015, and the, the album. Album came out like almost like almost three years after it was recorded. It's kind of nuts, mm -hmm. but um, the part of the reason is because we didn't find we we didn't have a drummer, and you know Troy came in. He kind of saved our save our asses pretty much because yeah. like the album was like on a definite hiatus for a while. Um, I was like listening to it today in my car and and like the last week and stuff, and I was going to work, and uh, I was just like I, I I knew that he had done the album before, and I forgot. And I was like, God damn, who's that drummer, dude? Like, <laughs> the guy's so good, but I didn't have time to look it up. And I'm like, oh, it's Troy. Like, yeah, Troy, cool. man. <laughs> yeah, that's, Troy. A, that's a shout out to Troy about, like, you oh, know, man. we're talking about carnivorous and stuff, like how he was just down. Like, he's down to help yeah. out. He's down, like, yeah. that's just a testament to who Troy is. That's a, mm -hmm. you know, to going to carnivorous, because carnivorous was not, was no band. It was like a yeah. couple kids and, a, and Anthony Smack and a drum machine. That was like what it was. Oh, and that, Troy's dude. just like, and Troy's like, yeah, I'll. I mean, we were already hanging out with them and shit. Like yeah. they were already our homies and stuff because of the pound. But it, it was, yeah, it, we were being inspired and we're writing a bunch of, you know, he's talking about cutting a bunch of songs. There's tons of carnivore songs that didn't, that never got recorded because they were garbage. But we had, you know, a handful of songs to where we could, and Troy saying yes. And then Dan and I finally got the feeling of like playing death metal with another with just all humans and no drum machine bullshit where I'm sitting in my lap. Dan's got to wait like fucking three minutes for me to program this fucking beat that I got to figure out to put here. And it's just like now yeah. the hu the humans there behind the kit. Now mm -hmm. we can just talk, mm -hmm. you know, express our ideas and just watch it happen. So yeah, that, that was, that's all always, 
I mean, all, the Severed Savior guys, all of them, dude, they took us under their our wing and really showed us the ropes, you know? So, and that was Troy's version of it was giving us the feel of playing with a real fucking death metal drummer, dude. And, yeah. and I'm very grateful. Did he so, record the drums in California or did he come out to Montreal? No, he, um, well, see, Gabriel, Gabriel and I, um, we were very fond of Servile Insurrection and we love how the drums are, you know, they sound, but also assembled and perform. It's like, we want the same kind of same sound, similar like tones and everything. And, you know, it's like, and we, you know, we brainstorm on it with Troy and Troy's like, well, I could just record it with, with Zach. Oh, and that's Zach right. Oren at Castle yeah. Ultimate. And that's right. what okay. we did basically. And turn out cool. amazing, man. Um, super glad we did that. Um, Definitely did, yeah. Cool. So that's the like, guy to go to for drums, dude, for sure. Well, yeah, and it's 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 such an unlikely choice for a Montreal band because it's like you know no no one in Longueuil or Montreal wants to play with us because they probably like the material, but it's like it's probably not their style of drumming, you know, and they're probably not into playing that stuff, even if they like listening to it. So it's like, well, we we we, we got to find somebody else outside, you know. We ha we have no choice, and mm -hmm. that's what we did. And like working with him was like, um, there's this part that's like we like l listen to that drum machine. Here's the reference, or some parts was like disregard the drum machine. Pretend this this is a Hades uh, power metal band. Just like no like or like no specific just just like the feel. It's like, mm -hmm. oh, I want this endings of a song to sound like a nocturnal sound uh nocturnal song with like solos and like cymbal washes and shit so just like explaining to him vague concepts in words he still got it as much mm -hmm. as just like writing out methodical arrangements mm -hmm. so yeah or bolder approaches to like when expressing musical ideas um he understood them you know so uh that was just fantastic and like i said there was a lot of, of delays you know there were there were problems with uh the layout uh at one point there was some things that happened uh, i won't get into it too much but there was a long delay uh from the the first day we uh recorded versus the release day and but when we did it was like such a uh, you know a big relief for us um and it got really we didn't expect that reaction when it it got out you know it's just um it's just like some people in quebec like they, they, people here kind of for some reason they they kind of were slow slow reaction here but everywhere else it's like every time every day it's like come to the u.s come to the u.s come to europe and it's like well it's crazy man it's like especially for for like a band like from Longueuil, a bunch of like a, a random suburb on the south shore of montreal it's like that's crazy um yeah i've definitely noticed like your sound is definitely i mean mo the montreal metal scene is huge like for us americans like we fucking mm -hmm. i mean so many bands that we just you know warship come out of and they just all of a sudden exploded with this, this like tech death like you know yeah. like humongous thing i could tell that there's definitely like a pretty uh pretty uh what's the i don't know what the word uh kind of elitist scene out there about uh how people's opinions and stuff are they're kind of uh, like oh 
like you better be good like kind of like i kind of got that a little bit from the from that scene I, I definitely you guys definitely stand on your own there i mean as far as your style it's not like i mean a lot of the bands there are really unique like you know like augury and stuff like that and uh, uh yeah. um beyond creation and stuff that all mm -hmm. kind of like have their own flavor and stuff to it but um the neoclassical thing wasn't really a thing like being thrown into death metal in montreal it seems like you guys were the were the guys kind of starting off and doing that and um i also from what you're telling me it seems like there was a lot of guitar players there right in montreal there's like a lot of guitar and bass players it seemed like there wasn't many drummers coming out of montreal is that fair to say uh yeah pretty much fair to say i mean yeah, there's yeah, tons yeah. of talented drummers but talented drummers that are not necessarily interested in playing that style of music because like i said it's very demanding and probably possess the skills but maybe not the patience so yeah that's i don't blame them but at the same time it's like it's, it was kind of frustrating you know we had another drummer but like it's it's just it took a while you know it's 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 just it's a complicated process especially with this type of music and the like the really like quirky mix of influences it's like yeah okay yeah it's it sounds like it's you'll see especially with the new album we are uh, coming out but the more time passes the more you know like i'm kind of ready to drop the whole death metal tag because it's like the riffs like there's blast beats and growls that's that metal right but the riffs for me like my my main influence for first assignment is, is lg it's a power metal band from the netherlands not that metal you know mm. uh apocrypha from the us not that metal uh mm. you know bunch of like obscure power metal bands that i basically really like really listen to and just it motivates me to write this style of music but it's not that metal so the tag that tag is still valid because like the association with the scene and like the surface elements but underneath it's not like savior savior or just more time that you know there's it's very modern and technical sounding but there's still roots in that metal and this is where my whole like background like you know like starting with old school death metal but then going into tech that it's like you know, in death metal, there's two scenes in parallel. If you have you noticed, like people who are into Arc Spire will not go to a Grave Miasma show, and people uh, into the Chasm will not go into a Arc Spire show. It's like the mm -hmm. there's like the whole like purest death metal scene, you know, and the, like the modern technical scene is. And nowadays, both scenes are kind of like distinct and kind of running parallels, and for me growing into those like two kind of similar but different worlds it's like i kind of see the distinction now and i'm this is why i kind of just you know growing up listening to bands like boltrower and demolich and you know it's like my idea of that metal at at its roots is, is that it's really evil sounding music really like you know just you feel death when you listen to it and yeah, for yeah. fragment you don't feel that you know so what would you you, you said that you see you're... a bunch of you see a bunch of like flashy colors and it's like like baroque atmosphere but it's not it's not purely death metal so for me yeah. so for me like we decided like i decided i want to take for fragment further in the direction it's like we're going to get more neoclassical more swing grooves you know and everything and not everyone in the band was into that you know mm. that's one thing that happened um when you but, talk sorry about... you were gonna say something i was, I was gonna say like uh the, you said you're gonna drop the death metal thing what would you label it as just extreme neoclassical metal or neoclassical metal with blast beats and growls you know 
yeah, yeah, yeah. Blast beats and growls, it, it's death metal, yeah. But for me to be like death metal has to have like that, like evil crushing atmosphere, you know. We gotta make that it simple like, though. It's gotta be feel, like you're, you feel death. like you're rotting when you're listening yeah. to it. You know? So it's power, like for swimming, it's not that. Power so death, me, dude. I'm gonna call you Power Pardon? Death now. You're, I'm gonna call you guys Power yeah. Death. Power yeah, that death. works. I mean, it's maybe maybe less for that. And for a new album, it's definitely like very close to that. Like, there's literally uh, riffs on the new album. Like, you've heard of Glitz on Pentium, but like, it's 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 really like that. It's literally power metal riffs, but extreme with power metal corporations, and then like 280 blast beats and growls on over it. You know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So this is like our niche right now. You know. Um, and Dasein, oh, you already yeah. on the 2016 album Dasein, you already see glimpses of that. But then there's the Gabriel songs that have much, like for example, the song Archetype, that has a definite death metal edge. You know, mm. like it has, it has it's, it's darker sounding. And Gabriel, his songs were starting to feel like they were like, you know, you take that album, the uh, what's the the album before Portal, portals of canon to canon of what's to come of what's to come yeah uh, so it's new songs after design there was like that but 10 times more technical um like i'm not kidding it's just like it was the most ridiculous technical stuff ever it was really good but it was like like we were not like there was not like a huge conflict we were just like we we really want to push the neoclassical stuff and have complex songs that are still and, and that translate you know, well in a live setting with like the, the swing grooves and the epic solos, you know, people like you bring that really like 80s like energy, but in, the, in a modern metal setting, you know, and Gabriel is like, I'm not feeling that, you know, and Gabriel also had his career going. So Gabriel decided, you know, I'm going to make a side project that, yeah, I want you Phil to, to be part of and, and Dave and et cetera. But, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to take a step back, uh, focus on my own career and you know and continue working on my own song so that was when he left the band like sh a few months after the release of Dazen, we did a few shows to promote the album and then he left and then vincent left our bass player uh because he was also the whole like extreme neoclassical thing he was like you know i'm more into progressive rock these days and he wanted to focus on his progressive rock band and so it was a very friendly uh, departure for both Gabriel and Vincent. We were actually Vincent did a guest bass solo on our new album, and Gabriel we used two of his songs on our new album. So we're always always been like a, a really always had a very close relationship uh, mm -hmm. between all the ex members of the band. You know, nice. um, so that was great. You know, we the band after promoting the album we suffered a huge loss, but it was not a better loss because immediately after. We found Nick, Nick Miller, uh, an amazing guitar player from uh, Kilotaurus, and we found Forrest. Forrest, Dominic Forrest Lapointe. You know him. He played in Augury, he played in Beyond Creation. Oh, yeah, Forrest. Um, yeah. He was a fan of the band, you know, uh, for a while. And I met him in 2009 that with my old band, Salvation. Salvation played a show with Augury in 2009. That's where I met all the guys from Augury, and we stayed friends since then. And he came, just came back into my life. And he's like, I love your, your band, man. And he's like, you know what? I'm actually looking for a bass player. It's funny you message me, you know? And, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, obviously, um, I was recommended by 
people in the band that we approached Forrest because Vincent did such an insane job on, on the on the design album that's like only Forrest in the Montreal scene can really like play that kind of thing. So people are like, you should contact Forrest. I'm like, I'm not sure. And, and Forrest actually came to me himself, like as a yeah. weird coincidence. And yeah, yeah it, it was, it was weird though, because when he joined, we had a tour coming, but he was busy at the same time. So the moment he joined, he couldn't go on tour. So we did a tour without a bass. It was kind of weird. It was a fun tour though. Don't, don't get me wrong. It was a fun mm. tour. We did that with Kronos from France. Oh, I love nice. these guys. I yeah, yeah. I love, I love these guys. Them. That's one of my favorite bands. So cool. Yeah. They're a great band, but like you Colossal know, I... Titan Strife. Was yeah, that yeah, that was yeah. We got to deal. Yeah. We got to They're play so a show cool, with them man. in uh, that was in Germany. A, that, was that was a frequent was a on the uh, blasting through the Thunder Domes for sure. Yeah, yeah, definitely was. That was that was a life changing album, Colossal Titan Strife. That was still to this day. Even I mean, you wouldn't say the. I mean, I listened to it kind of recently, and the the production isn't like mind blowing, but it's just the way it comes through is so aggressive and raw. I like know. it's so good. It's and they're fantastic guys to tour with, man. Um, you know, and when we came back, to, when we came to Europe, uh, we came to France. They were there, so it's you know we, yeah. we stay good friends, you know. And I hope we, I, I well, I I hope they reform because I want to tour with them again. But yeah, uh, um, but yeah, coming back to you know we come back from the tour and then we announced that Forrest and Nick are in the band. It's like, everyone is like, holy shit. Yeah. I was like that too. And <laughs> I'm like, at this point we're like, and by the way, I'm, I'm, I'm disappointed in my career when I'm even in, in even more bands, you know, uh, there was Cthulhu going on and it was my other main band at Tremendous, uh, which is like a totally polar opposite of first time. It's like slow, painfully slow funeral doing music. So I was like, doing different styles of music and uh, i also joined a power metal band with Hans grossman and christian Munzner. oh yeah uh, so you know i was doing a lot of like really crazy shit and what I'm was like, that what was that band was that the, the hannes grossman band was it that one or was no it, it was it was called it's called eternity's end so eternity's it's like really it, it's like a mix okay, of yeah. like german like german power metal and yeah. you know a bunch of other influences and neoclassical stuff and like really all-star lineup, you know, the guy, there was the guy from Symphony X in there. Uh, yeah, cool. There was, you know, vocalist of Ibria. We did a really killer album in 2018. But the point was I was getting into like crazy bands of all other styles. And I was like, I'm like bringing even more new influences from into First Triumph because I'm playing these other styles with other bands and other people. But like at this point, I'm like, how can, you know, I can play all the, with these bands and you know make first fragment still relevant to me um in the in the fact that you know i'm writing for this band uh full-time now because gabriel is gone um and you know how can i you know bring that band to the next level that you know it, it stands tall alongside the other things i'm doing because i want to i want to have a really like i want to pull out like really quality albums one after the other and it's like, you know what? I think we're going to, you know, like Forrest is in the band now. We're going to take the band to the next level. We're going to make the craziest based, bass oriented album ever. And it's like, we're going to put like bass solos in every song and have the craziest bass, li uh, bass lines in this style that the, the genre has like ever seen. I'm, sounds pretentious and it's probably not true. You'll be the job of that. But I think Forrest probably 
did one of the craziest bass performances I've ever heard in any genre of metal. It's that song we did nice. is not even like that's the tip of the iceberg. Okay, it's just he's just crazy. So I was I was we were at that point. It's like we have Forrest. Let's like bring his energy into the band and just create something monstrous. And that took a while, man. It's there were some songs that I had from way back then, but like we really like took our time, um, right? Like putting these songs together. Uh, and then we did a tour in 2019 in Europe and seeing people like meeting us at shows. Like I've been listening to you guys since 2010. It's like, I love you guys. I'm like, wow, damn. It's like some in German and like, they were like half speaking in German, half speaking in, in English. I'm like these people from like the other side of the world are really passionate about the music more than Obscura. Like some shows we literally had more, people at our merch table than the headliner i'm not i'm not joking and obscura yeah. is a way better band than us but like just like the enthusiast the enthusiasm for people i was like it's I, I we didn't expect that yeah so that really gave us like a, a more extra confidence you know in, mm -hmm. into like really uh pushing you know uh you know, like pushing into like our style of music and like expanding upon our influences and you know the fact that you know when Nicholas Wells joined the band on drums, that guy was is also like, by the way, a phenomenal drummer and human being on every level. Uh, amazing, amazing person, really. And one of the reasons why I wanted him in the band is because not only is of his energy and playing, but also because he was fully like, I know I was telling him like, okay, you you've heard our stuff, but we here's a song that I wrote. And the riffs are not death metal. It's, it's like, it's, it's just like, you know, elegy and mom's theme in a band, in a blender with the last beats. And he heard the song and he's like, dude, this is one of the coolest songs I've ever heard. I love power metal and extreme death metal. And he was like, like really like fully behind that idea, you know? So because of that, it's like, I know I, that was, that's the right guy for us, you know? Yeah. Is um, there other examples of this power death thing? And it's making my ears perk up now. Like, has that been a, like a, are there other bands that would go under the umbrella of power death or power tech death? Like neoclassical power death. Well, power death. I like power death though. Two, I think I'm, we just genreed you. <laughs> let me, let me think. Uh, Crypt of Kerberos from Sweden. That's actually one of my favorite bands. Uh, yeah. They, they released an album in 2000. No, sorry. In 1993. <laughs> sorry. Um, a band from Sweden. And it sounds like old school Swedish death metal. But then there's a bunch of mom's team solos coming up. And even like clean vocals. First Fireman's never have never going to have clean vocals as much. Like I love, like it's my favorite style of vocals personally. I love like old Queensryche stuff and Crimson Glory with the super high vocals. But for First Fireman, we want to keep the growls because this is the aggression. But Crypt of Kerberos literally have power metal vocals. So, so that would be the first power death metal band. Um, Crystal Age from Sweden, uh, they don't have an overt power metal vibe but these guys you can hear it in the music actually the guys form Ammerfall after that so <laughs> it's okay. a interesting yeah. thing but there's not a lot you know um but then you listen like i keep going back to this band elegy because they're our biggest influence you listen to the 87 demo and 88 demos and the riffs are like as technical as like today's technical death metal it's just like 
Did you have you like the demo allergy? tape? That you have the tape. You have the tape is and like the the sloppy production, but the riffs are literally tech debt. Yeah, spell it. <laughs> spell it. Spell it. Spell the name. Dillergy. Elegy. Elegy. And Delugy. that's Delugy. Delugy. So E L E G Y. And okay. you gotta look up for the '87 demo. I, I, all the discography is great. They have some proggy uh, records. They have even some so, a record that kind of flirts with like AOR, like not AOR, but like AOR style hooks, you know, in the vocals. So they kind of have a, a more like, well rounded sound, but the demos are like, it's insane. Like, it's like they took. Yeah, this this band from the U.S. called L Star, which is very close to what we're talking about, really technical power metal. But they took it to another level, and it's. I keep mentioning the demos because they changed direction for the full length. I don't want to keep talking about them, but the point is, there's a lot of like under the radar bands that kind of flirted with like really extreme arrangements that are too extreme for their own respective genre, and that was always what really like inspired me the most at least for first fragment mm-hmm. um so just taking like nods from these under the radar bands and just like it drives me to like create really like intense music and we really i wanted really wanted to push in a direction for the new album just create songs that are memorable as possible with like with as many quirks as possible and we decided like you know I started writing a song one day. Um, actually, that's funny. I was listening to Manowar and this this one riff comes in. And like, this is a cool chord progression. And guess what? I wrote a 19-minute song out of that chord progression in two days. That's nice. the second last song on their album. And that song has... It's like you meet... You have tech depth mixed with power metal mixed with cacophony style guitar solos mixed with a funeral doom part like it goes it drops to a really slow tempo and uh there's flamenco parts there's baroque parts and there's even a black metal riff at the end so we really like the album is extremely eclectic you know that first song we released was like oh we'll just showcase the neoclassical side of the band but like yeah that album is, is there's some interesting contrast in there. I think you'll you'll like it. Maybe, maybe some parts you'll like less, but you know, whatever. Uh, I'm interested uh, in your writing style, dude, because that's actually the second time you've mentioned um, just a part of somebody else's song that inspires you to end up making something that is your own. You know, so mm-hmm. it's like I think of Ralph Steadman or Steedman. He's the guy who uh, did art for Hunter S. Thompson's books and stuff like that. And how he would start a painting would basically just dip his brush and whip his his brush at the canvas. And then he'd sit back and look at the splatter. And then he'd pull a fucking sick-ass painting out of that mm-hmm. splatter and I mean, it's, it's not exactly the same because you're, you know, you're taking it from, uh, you're taking something from one artist and yeah. it's inspiring you to, well, it's very similar, man, but it's it is, almost, it's like, you, it is. you need that one splatter to sit yeah. back and stare at so you can expand mm-hmm. from it, you know, and it ends up coming out as a first fragment fucking shred. Yeah, so, you know. exactly. Well, it's music has always been like this. When you think about it, you know, you look back at Jimi Hendrix. He, he borrowed uh, licks from blues musicians. He did his own thing. Then 
you have guys like Richie Blackmore, you did that approach, but a more now a classical flair. Then you have Malmsteen, which just took what Blackmore and Hendrix did, did his own thing. And then from Malmsteen came Tony McAlpine, Vinnie Moore, uh, Joy Tafola, Paul Gilbert. They took what Malmsteen did, they did their own thing, and then influenced the 90s shredders and it, like who influenced. You know, they, they took licks from that 80s mm-hmm. generation of shred. And then people from the 2000s took note of the guitars from the 90s and the 80s and just constant cycle of like inspiration. I'm, ju- I'm just like, I'm just there to kind of perpetrate the cycle, you know, just like, um, you know, paying homage to certain of my favorite guitarists and musicians, but adding my own personal touch to it. And it becomes something else entirely after. Yeah. You know, and that that's, I mean, whatever... It- however you are able to be inspired as an artist to, to get the get the wheels rolling or however whatever metaphor you want to come up with there but just to get things started however that works for you that's that's the fucking seed right there you know mm-hmm. and then you, you grow that seed from there because you, you don't have anywhere to if if that's the way you got to start and then you end up with something that's yours at the end of it it's like yeah who, who cares where i started you know whatever made this idea happen or you know it's it's so i i think that's fucking killer i I mean i have mad respect for ralph steadman or steedman i don't even fucking know how to say his name (laughs) but i have mad respect for him because i I, that was the first time that i had seen an artist work like that and he pulls some brilliant shit out of a splatter of of paint you know so it's like so cool yeah and, so and doing cool. that musically, <laughs> doing that musically is something that I'm, I'm definitely I'm mad respect, dude. Mad respect. Thanks, thanks, appreciate definitely. it. That's awesome, man. So, I mean, actually, I want to go in a real quick into Phil. Like, so I, you know, I've we've been like just connected through social media for a long time, but mm-hmm. um, it's funny because I just, you know, you were, I didn't know who you were for the longest time. So I remember like. Cause I was just gushing over my, my friend brought over the first fragment, the, the demo before the album came out. And I was like, who the fuck are these guys? Like my, my friend, uh, Richie came over and was like, dude, check out this shredding band. You have to check this out. And we were just listening to like, what the fuck? This is like the most insane shit. And, uh, and then it just kind of like, I didn't hear anything for a while. And I was like, damn, I was like, even like, I was telling everyone about it and showing it. It was like one of those like gems that you get to show people that no one knows. And they're just yeah, like, yeah. Oh, have you heard this band? Have you heard this band? And everyone's like, no, what the hell is it? And then um, when it got like announced that you guys got signed and then you were putting out an album, I was like, fucking finally. I was like so excited. Told and I think, you bitches. And I think the reason why I even like figured out that you were in the band is like you were like, oh, yeah, thanks, man. Fuck. Yeah. Like looking forward to it. I'm like, oh, shit. Phil's in the band. I didn't know <laughs> Phil's in the band. I thought you were just like a guy that knew everything about metal and stuff. I had no idea that like you literally like were in First Fragment. You're like the, one of the main dudes in First Fragment. I had no clue. And I was like, oh, shit, let's. uh." Because we just like post funny shit back and forth and just like, you know, joke around. It would just be like total comedy and we'll talk about metal here and there. But like had no clue that you were in First Fragment, like for the first two or three years that I heard that demo. I was completely blown away, man. And that that demo still like I threw it on kind of recently and it was like, gee, it still still holds water to this day of just like, you know, the first thing you guys did is just for I mean, it just felt like. Oh, you mean like uh, the Afterthought Ecstasy? It was the purple one. I think it was purple yeah, yeah, or yeah. blue. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. the yeah, DP because the demos. Uh, okay, there's something people, before that. People don't know the demos because they're like, they're buried uh, somewhere. You probably maybe find them on the Wayback Machine 
Yeah, I found I not. found the the one that you're t- the I found the, the EP yeah, the on EP. the yeah, yeah, yeah. on a yeah. Bandcamp. It was on Bandcamp. Yeah. Yeah. That's where I would listen to it. Like, yeah, it's the only cool. place I could find it. And uh Joel, you know Josephson transcend the realm, right? You you, you didn't uh what's the correlation? I tried to bring in a joke too late, dude. Because you were talking <laughs> okay. about how you were talking to him for like two or three years before you Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I know. Like, oh, Joseph. uh, Joseph's in a, a band too, that a dreamer band that uh Joseph's like it's, I've told a million times, but just showed me a demo, and I was like, "What the f-? like that?" That's, dreamer that's band why. It's a, that's why I was trying to get that joke, and it was too late. Though, yeah, it's like so I, sound like the. It took me reaction. a second, but I appreciate the gesture, man. But um, <laughs> trying to get me in here with the joke. I put, you can't. You always got to swing for the fences, though, guys. Yeah, I yeah. will say, uh, either of my bands uh, would. I mean, is First Fragment gonna tour? And if so, like hypothetical down the road like one of those dream bands that we would love to play with just because you guys have the audience that we would want to have and you know show our music to as well so oh dude dude that, that is like yes <laughs> like I'm, <laughs> I'm i'm really flattered so you so you want you want to do a tour together that would be your dream package because that would be i mean yeah you guys would fit on a dream package with us for sure along with me well i'm really flattered by that and i really appreciate it um do you guys have touring plans well there's no offer on the table so there's your first offer dude (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah i'll put something together (laughs) you know touring the u.s you know we had a in 2017 uh, we were supposed to tour the U.S. with the uh, Velopnat and Vervam, uh, but then we had visa issues, so it didn't pan out. So we decided, you know, we're gonna f- focus on Europe after. And you know, I, I kind of have a feeling that we're probably gonna go back to Europe before we go back to the U.S. Just because getting visas is can be a hassle, you know. Uh, but it's definitely our plans because people have been wanting to see us in the U.S. for literally a decade more than that so it's it has to be done you know um it's just like ironically ironically it's it's easier to go into europe just because of the visa thing you know yeah. unless you you play you, you all play like on the radar um which i did sometimes like i actually have a band called Shinebrarum. it's a band from the 90s actually uh death metal a 90s death metal band from new jersey say it again uh, it's funum say it Shinebrarum. again Oh Shinebrara. yeah, yeah, yeah. They had a so, label that they were putting shit out too, right? One yeah, of the guys well, in that band was had some underground label for a while. Yeah, uh, Daryl runs Morbid Rat Records. I met him Rath. at Maryland yeah. in 2003, dude. He oh, had it. yeah. Yep. He was, yeah, I so... bought their first full length or whatever, and he had he had a distro going too. So I think mm-hmm. I grabbed a couple other CDs from him. That's awesome. Yeah, I've, I mean. I was a huge fan of that band for many years before I joined. And, you know, we did the tours and stuff. And whenever the band has a U.S. show, I, you know, I, I just go there and, you know, <laughs> I don't need a visa because I'm just traveling by my own. But like as a full band, it's it's different because everyone in Funerbarum is from the U.S. And, you know, um, it's an interesting. Uh, it's, it's a small world, right? Especially yeah. in the metal scene. Most like everyone knows each other. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but That's yeah that band point. that band is, is always lots of fun to play with it's again it's death metal but it's completely different from first fragment different we, vibe s- we snuck into canada didn't we we didn't have a visa for that shit uh, no, i know yeah mean, i know i know for 
It's I mean, statute of limitations, fine. So it's all good. Yeah, yeah. But, I mean, there was a mic. I mean, someone from a band. No, not uh, that. Not that part. Not that Let's one. Not to bring up that part. Let's just talk oh, about okay. the odious part, uh, <laughs> um, where we were just crew on the bloodletting tour. That's what they they told oh, them okay, at okay. the. Uh, we yeah, just... when you're a new band too, they always, you know, I mean, I don't want to tell the secrets, but uh, you're supposed to say, you know, I mean, you do, it is, I'll just say it is for this podcast, your your merch is promotional, it's not for sale. Um, mm-hmm. And when you go through, that's, you know, you can go through a few times saying that, I mean, I'm doing that, sorry, and uh, you can go through <laughs> doing that and uh, uh, basically they'll be like, cool, that's cool, that's cool, like, yeah, sure, go through. And then like when you go through for the third time, they're like, all right, we What's researched up? you, you're selling yeah. shit. Um, we're yeah. gonna count all your merch and they would like it's like i do a, they would do a full count in and and tax you on everything you had and then they would do a full count out when you're leaving and then you get the money back that you you know the stuff you didn't sell it was mm-hmm. like it was just a f- grueling process i'm like jesus man Isn't that fuck? Are... they're like make they're yeah, making it's... sure that they get their money they tax yeah, yeah. you on everything before you even sold it dude it's yeah like... there was times where we didn't i remember when, uh, decrepit we were i think it might have even been summer slaughter where we were just like they're like, oh, it's gonna cost you like fifteen hundred dollars to get in, or yeah. something, two grand to get in. We we're just like, we for one show, and we're like, we can't. There was a time we missed right like multiple shows up there. We were just in like a hotel in like Spokane, yeah. Washington, whatever. Yeah, okay, that's just what waiting we're, that's why like we're in Spokane. for the yeah, tour yeah. to come back because we couldn't get into Canada. It was like they like because sometimes it was chill, but that time no. Yeah, it sometimes like, they just wave you through. There's those every now yeah, and then. I remember. Yeah, my my favorite we got waved uh, through coming back into the states. Remember that took like. 10 minutes well something. yeah i mean every now and then you like, just get i remember one time i was traveling <laughs> with vile and um with like erland and everyone in the in the band at the time and i was in their van and they just got waved through and i was and everyone else got stopped and i'm like oh sorry guys <laughs> like, yeah you know yeah, like something like you like you guys were at the venue way before everyone right yeah, all, yeah 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 it's just that. it's just a hit or miss it depends on how you get some they just look at the passports I, and then they all I, look at I, you I, <laughs> I remember being in the like immigration thing with Deeds of Flesh and everybody and decrepit and all of us and we're like yeah. all in there like it for in, like uh, two and a half hours. I, I think was like that was like BC like right in the you know. Mm-hmm. Well, when like we rest the phallic on, I want to talk about it a little bit. But there was a funny incident where uh, Lenzig was uh, we, it was me and Lenzig sitting in immigration and um, this like drug smelling dog kept coming through the fucking <laughs> kept coming through the lobby <laughs> to smell everyone Uh-oh. and it kept. Yeah. It kept Stopping biting. Him. It kept biting fucking Lindsay. <laughs> <laughs> and, so, and I was sitting. He's all, "What the fuck, man? What's going on, man?" And well, dude, you are like one of the it biggest. It comes out of I your know. pores. Dude. I know. I think you're one of the biggest <laughs> pot smokers in the world. So I mean, you probably just like you're just a big piece of weed, pretty much. Like, you know, like <laughs> and they were like, they were ripping off their fucking oh their God. their their bumper. They're like, we know you're hiding weed in the bumper, and they're like, no, we're not. They were not. We've been touring forever. We don't. We're not stupid. We know not to, to have it right bring now. Weed across the border. We're, we're getting not, it as soon as we get in, bitch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. And that, and they'd always joke about that too. Uh, the the good cop bad cop thing, like the Canada guy, the uh, Canada immigration guy would come in and be like, "Oh, whatever. You know, our stuff's better, right? Ha ha. Like, you don't need to bring your stuff over." And I'm like, "Yeah, we're not bringing our. We're not bringing pot over, dude. We're not. I'm not trying to go to a Canadian jail to start off my Canada trip. Like, but yeah, yeah. now those, those uh." Those border was just kind of a flip of a coin. They basically were, you know, he never really knew what you're going to get. It could be smooth sailing or and back into the states, super fucking baked. All of us. Yeah, yeah. And, well, and the only thing they tripped on was your Canadian cigarettes. 
You like Canadian cigarettes. Oh, okay. Dude. I don't even remember that. But they're and way that, chiller they, on like the east side. Interrogated like, you about your Canadian cigarettes, and I'm like, dude, we're yeah, the all east side. We had someone as a motherfucker, and that's <laughs> yeah. what you're tripping on. <laughs> on the east side, we had uh, someone in one of the bands um, that couldn't get in, and we basically, he's like, okay, so this is the plan. I'm gonna fucking bring my camera, and I'm gonna go take a picture of Niagara Falls, and I'm gonna slowly keep going farther down, farther down, <laughs> then go past the station guy. And go farther down, farther down. Just keep taking pictures and like looking at them, and and then just turn around, just walk in. And we just went and picked him up inside. Once we got in, and boom, picked him. And he was just in. So it was Place, like put some PlayStation in the van. Yeah. And it, yeah, no, it was uh, it was definitely it was smooth, man. I was like, damn, smooth, that was man. yeah. Just Everyone knew what do to that. do. Niagara Falls trick, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> no, we'll catch you on. I don't want to talk about it too much. I don't want that to <laughs> yeah, yeah. Work anyway. I'm sure you nowadays you can't do that shit anyways, though. I'm sure they're, like, way, especially, I don't know, it just seems like the borders are just tighter. Can you lately. go into Canada now because of with all the COVID stuff? And the, you I know, know this is, over. like, 2007. Yeah. What year was this? 2006 yeah, like six or seven. Yeah. Yeah. Something like Things that. Things are probably yeah. different now. I remember you yeah, needed a passport, you, which is new, but. Can you get into Canada now? Like right now, I think you can. I don't know. I, don't, I know that Greg just got in. Greg, he got there a couple days ago. Yeah, but he's, like, married. You know. Yeah, he's married to a Canadian. I thought I, woman. I don't think oh, can get Greg, in. Oh, um, Greg from Allegion? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love that guy, man. Hell yeah. yeah. I, love, yeah. I love him. I love no, him. He's awesome. That he was just on a few guy. episodes ago. Totally. Two times now. Love that dude, dude. Yeah, he's one of my one of my best friends in the scene for sure. He we just drunk and FaceTime each other all the time. Canada but, uh, <laughs> blame him now. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, yeah, yeah, he's he's out of the he's a full Canadian now. He's a can he's a dual I mean, citizenship. He's, He's waiting for, I guess he's, he was saying something about the process is really slow, blah, 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 but he just went there and I guess he's stuck there for now until paperwork gets pushed through. But yeah, he's, uh, I don't know where he is exactly, but I think it's on the east side. I think it's closer to Quebec where he is for sure. Yeah, Ontario. Yeah, yeah. Ontario. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that's mm. right. That's right. Yeah, yeah. So he's, uh, he's in that scene now. That's awesome, man. I'm not, I'm not sure how, how they're going to make it work with, um the band but uh, they'll they'll figure it out man they were like when we tour with them like uh, i just want to say like obviously obscura um fantastic band on every level but like elegion fallujah these guys they were so cool man it's uh so good at what they do it's like that's also one of the factors that really pushed us you know to do Definitely. you know what we did on the album just like, seeing them perform every night like and then you know we talk to them and the tour bus they're so humble and cool so it's like you know no one's a rock star and it's like oh, everyone's so so cool you know but uh greg especially greg you know Fallujah, yeah. uh you know scott is i think one of my favorite musicians i've ever met mm-hmm. scott is uh scarstairs Carstairs, yeah he's he's fantastic i love this guy so much but um yeah no um it's it's kind of weird because you know 2019 was a was a really intense year you know you know first fragment and Finerbrarum tours and at the end of the year first fragment did some shows local shows and this mm. is where we kind of kind of sucks that COVID happened because we were though I feel like those sh- like few shows this is where I kind of realized like um it was the first time. Like the last show, especially that we did, was the first first fragment show that I was like, this is exactly how I want this band to be in a live setting. Just like mm. crazy stuff happening, really like, like 
80s like stage antics and um like there's a lot of improvisation in the first mm-hmm. you, you think it's a very calculated band but no man there's a lot of like weird improvisation and like strange quirks and um you know unexpected things like sometimes we'll throw in a random new song in the out of the blue or just like come up with uh, new arrangements for already existing songs or just like bass bass drum solo uh, bass and drum solo out of the blue in between two songs you know that kind of shit like it's and you know we did that, that last show I was like oh man if we continue in that direction like we really have this down for the first time well we we had some great shows in the past but and like covid happened it's like oh we'll we'll just wait you know we'll just yeah start working on the new album and whenever it opens up again we'll uh we'll promote the album but you know it's yeah shit speaking happens, of co- speaking of covid did uh i heard a rumor and i might have i might be missing the venue but did did foofs close uh not okay okay i was i heard some rumor and i forget might have been from trevor from black dolly or something that was saying that it might be closing or something like that and i was like that that would be huge if that closed that would be that's like one of the main venues there that's the main venue right one of the main venues yeah that would be that would be a huge blow, man. I hope this is just a rumor. I never. Yeah, I could be missing the what. Well, I could be missing the venue, but I I remember hearing something because there were so many big venue closures during this. Mm-hmm. That, um, yeah. When and you know you just keep hearing about another one. Like what the fuck? Like this one's closed. This, this one's, one's called like, these... Foofs. Fofon Electric. Foof. Fofon is like slang for like ass or ass cheeks in french, nice. french. <laughs> so it's like electric ass cheeks you know <laughs> i like it i don't even know it's like that. all you dude it's like literally a great song name electric ass cheeks. <laughs> yeah yeah yeah, yeah, sure. yeah. priest already did it did it speaking of judas priest did you uh did you see that oh, news that uh, that glenn tipton's writing on the new fuck yeah on the new judas priest really yeah, yeah that, yesterday I got that's announced. great, man. But I, I know it's it must be difficult with what he's going through, but yeah, that's that's fantastic, man. Maybe he's not going to some shows. medication or something that's helping. Yeah, him. Well, who knows? That's great. But is yeah. he playing on the album? I know he's writing it, but Andy Sneap is still doing the tour, right? Uh, okay, that... yeah, I think he might be. I mean, he might be putting some like some stuff in, but I don't What's know. What's wrong with the... him? What's wrong? with Parkinson's? Like arthritis? Oh, Parkinson's. Parkinson's. Yeah, mm-hmm. same thing Ozzy has now too. Jesus, right. Parkinson's yeah. is no joke, dude. I'm, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. Absolutely, yeah. Personally, know some people. Some I know one man that has it, and it gets worse and worse. You know, yeah, it never stops. That's just one of those diseases that destroys musicans. It's like, uh, like yeah. obviously a- ALS and stuff. Obviously, with oh, Jason yeah. Becker and stuff, but oh, um, you know, that's still like it's one of those ones that just takes your motor skills just mm-hmm. yeah yeah like all the stuff that you need to play music like it just and it besides your hearing's good everything's fine but like your hands are just shaking and you can't do anything you know yeah it's one of those tough ones. yeah and then als is you can't move shit yeah just, you're just stuck in a fucking body dude i was scared for a second because didn't remember a couple weeks ago or a month ago or something that they said that jason becker was breathing lightly yeah, and wasn't yeah. i was like oh god mm-hmm. Oh, he's already, no. I know he's already lived, you know, 30 year, or 20 years longer than they said. So, yeah. I mean, I, I try to look at the bright side, but I was that would be crushing. That's like 
I watched that. I don't. I watched that documentary with Joel, dude. And it was so yeah. touching, and and like yep. to really learn how that man has to live, you know, mm-hmm. and how positive him and his family mm-hmm. are uh, throughout the whole entire thing, and and yep. everybody's actually like on point taking care of him you know he's not drinking the fucking soil bullshit his wife's fucking making like this highly nutritious fucking shakes and and now here he is when he had a you know a death sentence in his 20s and he's in his what how old is he now he's got to be 50 he's probably pushing 50 yeah i think yeah so. yeah and uh sure. mm-hmm. so it was amazing seeing him in person at that thing that event. oh you went to you that saw thing? him in person yeah. Yeah. Oh shit. Well, that's when they premiered that documentary, right? Were, were, oh, were that there, was Joel? that slim. No, I wasn't there. That was a slim oh, one. I, was I couldn't Josh, make it. I think. No, that yeah, was it down Josh. in San Jose or something. We went to like oh, the one down okay. there. Yeah, he's from. I think he lives in Alameda. I think it was down there. Yeah, I think. Or was it Oakland? I think it was San Jose. Yeah, I remember yeah. that. I remember that. Um, they premiered. It was that amazing. He yeah. was on the stage. Yeah, it was so great. I mean, like, and then they premiere it, but he like answered questions and stuff like through their their his system of communication that he has. Yeah. 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 That's did, crazy. Did he that crack is... any jokes? Because he cracked some fucking he did. funny shit. He did crack dude. a couple jokes. <laughs> yeah, no, he had yeah. a documentary. Yeah. He had me laugh a fucking yeah. plenty of times, dude. It's funny because it's funny because watching his dad like read it because his dad yeah. doesn't know what he's gonna say and he's like, yeah, he's all but hole, but hole. <laughs> something like that. He'd like be, he'd be working on a <laughs> word and his dad would just. There's <laughs> a time where he. There's times where he knew what he was about to say too, and he's just like, ah. Oh, here we go, you know. <laughs> and he still read it out because he's like, yeah, exactly. Yeah, my yeah. dad has a small penis or something like that. And he's just like, like, well, I gotta say it. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. He's a character, dude. It's so yeah. sick. I think so, that positive yeah. vibes definitely could be a little bit of medicine, you know. Yeah, it, yeah, it yeah. is, man. Definitely. definitely, that story is. is that story. You walked out of that story just like blown away, sad inspired yeah. like everything mm-hmm. like all, everything moved, that can come for sure i was moved, definitely yeah i was definitely emotionally changed you know yeah i, I looked at because you know you guys are all string players and shit i'm just a fucking voice dude i never i could play some stain songs on fucking acoustic guitar <laughs> that's it dude you know and of course so it's like, <laughs> and and so it's 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 there's like maybe another step for me to get to understanding and appreciating guitar players as well as you guys like obviously i know what uh, what sounds good and i love shredding music and shit but like there's another level that as as somebody who isn't a guitar player i have to i have to climb one more step on the ladder you know and that documentary made me want to pay attention to jason becker a lot more you know I, when i when i listen to jason becker it's like th- i need to pay attention yeah and really feel what this man was doing because just the time understand. that he I came mean, out to perpetual like the time. burn yeah. is just so ridiculous and yeah, so yeah. it's not it's not just shredding it's so musical too and like songs like oh, air yeah. and all that stuff and like man dude god dude yeah of course cacophony we we, we all love that stuff we love marty freeman and Ninja. of course yeah. <laughs> yeah it's a good song <laughs> it's a really good song yeah, yeah it's a great song i know uh, yeah so, jason becker's solo album is is i haven't heard all his solo work but it's mm-hmm. it's so inspirational i i you know i was listening to that uh album one one time and as i said i want to 
make a little tribute to Jason Becker, I threw on a synth track and I did a like a lead over the synth track, like kind of the way he does, you know, like mm-hmm. he, he has like synth chords and he plays leads over it. It's mm-hmm. like, oh, let's put that in the album. It's going to be nice. a little a little nod to Jason Becker, you know, so oh, yeah. that kind of stuff that he does. It's just like that or just like the like the, the, the way he kind of articulates his notes, like the, the vibrato, the way he uses his whammy bar. Like every, I love everything the way he does. You know, he's one of my top ten. Is my in my top ten guitar guitarists. You know, yeah, he, yeah. Definitely. And to see how he writes sure, post ALS too, like being oh. in the studio, yeah. still great with of that course. dude. Yeah. And and that His dude realizing like he's literally mm-hmm. watch, looking at guitars on the wall as he's writing. So he's like imagining it being played on the guitar. You're just like fuck, dude. And what's that album of Blackberry Jam? Mm. Blackberry, Blackberry Raspberry Jam? Jam or something like or whatever. That, isn't that Jams, him? Like or something? that's post ALS. Him wrote he wrote it and brought in musicians to play it. Right? No, that was his original demos. I think that's that's before oh, okay. Perpetual Burn. I think. Did right? it? Right. Like Blackberry Jam. Or Didn't Black Michael Lee Frickens played on that? Well, you're talking about the album, at, like like the first one he he put out with other musicians that played his material, right? Yeah, Raspberry Jams was a collection of demos and songs. Yeah, and Raspberry Jams was before. Um, but there's Blackberry something. Oh, is there? Or it's yeah. Triumphant Hearts that came out in 2018. That's something that um, I think mm. he put together. But this is, I think you're talking before this. There's actually a few things on here. But, uh, I thought he put out... I thought it there's was Blackberry. There's Blackberry jams. Yeah. Okay. Blackberry jams. Multiple yeah, berries, apparently. Yeah. And that's yeah, yeah, post, yeah, yeah. That's post his ALS shit. So yeah, 2003. It? it says 2003. There's other musicians oh, playing. Okay, that's what it's. I get it. They changed the berry. Got it. They now. changed the berry. That's the okay. Got it. Different berry. Got it. Yeah. Sick. Yeah. Well, that shit's great, dude. That's so yeah. Cool. Totally. Yeah. He's got one. This uh, second most listened to song on here is Valley of Fire from the. 2018 or 17 or whatever it said um it's got michael lee firkin steve vai joe bonamassa paul gilbert and he, it's like and it just trails off and all these guitar players like it just <laughs> dot 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 but yeah he's just well, got like steve i was the gig on. that he got before he got the ALS. that was david right? lee roth david oh, lee roth shit. my bad yeah yeah so he got i yeah, got hired for david lee roth he's basically the mm-hmm. the next guitar player after eddie van halen he right was, it was you know they found this kid and he just was like because they had shrapnel records back in the day and that was like mm-hmm, the mm-hmm. shrapnel records was like the shred label you know with all these like all like it's like the unique leader for underground technical death metal but it was for mm-hmm. underground shredders kind of thing and he was yeah yep. uh, he was on there and and uh Mar- i think that's how they got discovered, discovered marty was joining megadeth that time right okay yeah yeah definitely and it was like before 90 it was like must have been late 80s or something like yeah that. no that's um insanely oh, i know Jason, go down. I can go down legend, Jason Becker Rabbit. I know, yeah, no, I know, totally. As far as shredders, but do, yeah, go ahead. But I was gonna say, Phil, do you like like other like Rand, like like Ron Jarzenbeck? Are you into that stuff? Like, uh, I'm a big fan of Watchtower. Hell yeah! Huge, oh yeah! Huge totally. fan. Huge. Yep. What about uh, Sean Lane and stuff? Have oh yeah, I have, I have, oh, I have a, a guitar traditional from Sean Lane Burn on an old DVD somewhere. I yeah, used to watch that just to. Uh, punish myself it's like phil you gotta you gotta work on your legato man <laughs> yeah, Texas guys, man. his yeah. legato was just ridiculous it's yeah. just like almost oh, like yeah. un, not Insane. still to this day like watching those old videos i used to watch it like to blow my mind and stuff i'm just like mm-hmm. how this sounds like an alien like yeah i don't understand totally. that absolutely do you yeah. like fusion like dudes like like aldi miola or like frank Cambali and like all kinds yeah. of stuff like that? John yeah, it, it, yeah john mclaughlin yeah oh yeah so all yeah. all these guys 
huge huge sorts of inspiration yeah, which Fuck yeah just classic are, shit, are you guys man. down with that guitar tree it wasn't called the guitar trio but it was a studio album that all three of them it's just their three names on the cover mm-hmm. in different what's dude, not to like dude you, dude how it's could you amazing. not be down it's oh, like, yeah. you know, <laughs> guitar tree for sure like, i'm just saying like i love it's, it it's, nah, it's awesome. fucking it's something amazing. i'd like to listen Let's... to with my family and shit too it's like to have that in the background heard... while we're fucking is it called passion Legos Grace and Fire? And that one they put out that, that one dude, that one's have you heard that one anthony passion uh, grace and fire so there's it's the same multiple it, of them in it's the, the guitar trio there's yeah. live in san francisco which was like mm-hmm. recorded in yeah. 1980 or whatever yeah yeah and then there's like an album yeah that's the one i'm talking that's about the recorded one but then there's passion grace and fire oh, which is okay. like no, freaking I, I shredding like, right. so, well, now I gotta, like off the bat it's like I gotta write they're all shredding right but yeah it's insane um you yeah. know for the new first fragment album starts with an almost three minute flamenco thing it's all Fuck inspired yeah. by the, that kind of thing, and we have a, we have like a full flamenco song on there too, and Dude. yeah, that kind of stuff really had an impact on me. And you know, so cool. our vocalist Dave, David, you know, one of the or, you know the, the original member left with me. He's into that sort of thing. He, he always wanted he pushed me like that. he felt you gotta put more of that. Yeah, you know, and David is is you know he's one of my favorite human beings, and you know. Uh, he's he's really like important to me and he's like if david doesn't like the stuff i do it means like no i can't i can't play that i I, I can't record that i have to he has he has to like it you know he absolutely likes has to like it so it's like okay i'm gonna do more flamenco stuff and and then i showed it to him he's like fuck yeah phil you know (laughs) sick so he he kind of pushed me to you gotta push me for that to do that. Yeah, no. sick man. Yeah. I heard that stuff on your album, and like, is there any of that on the new album? Oh yeah, like I said, it's plenty, man. It's cool, like, nice. Like yeah, tons of like flamenco yeah. parts and classical guitars. Yeah, it's nice. Like twice as much as before. So the, the best show yeah. I've ever been to, pretty much in my whole life, which I've always said is when I got to see Paco de Lucia, um, oh. before. Like a year so or two good. before he passed away, I think. And that was in Oakland, I think. That was him getting mixed up. Dude, that was the best show I've ever seen. It was the craziest thing I've ever seen in my life, dude. Oh, it must have it, been, man. It was like, it was so funny because I went, I think, with a couple of friends, Josh and Richard. And uh, and uh, we go in there, it's like in this theater, dude. And it's like all these adults, like in suits. And everyone's like drinking wine. It was like, you know, a bunch of metal guys come in there. And we're just like, <laughs> you know, we're like not dressed up or anything. And we're like, oh, okay, interesting, you know. We're like the youngest people there, you know. Um, and dude, it was the sickest thing I've ever seen. Like they had like, you know, like groups of like, like people clapping on either side for the band, you know, that do the, like, the, like the rhythmic, you know, like fl- flamenco clapping and they were panning it between either side and it sounded like double bass, like between like two groups of people. Like they had it like timed out, like where it was like, it was just like, what the fuck? And then matching the dancer and shit. And then, and then all their like strummings matching in, just like dude no death metal band could ever that's kind of like when i saw um it was john mclaughlin with uh zakir hussein that a uh, tabo player oh yeah shit. Uh, oh, yeah uh, you uh, caught them together that's sick. yeah my mom took me to that she was like dude you gotta see this and i was because she, she she showed me john mclaughlin the guitar trio and stuff like that she gave me that live in mm-hmm. san francisco album when i was in high school she's like you like guitar check this out but yeah. um yeah i saw i saw that and i was like i don't know if i'm gonna be it's just a like an indian tabo player and they're just all sitting down like Indian, you know, Indian style, just straight, just, you know, sitting down and like, it was probably one of the most, I walked out of there saying it was like probably one of the best shows I've ever seen. It was like, 
like Zakir is saying, like would hit like these harmonics on his like tabla. I'd be like, beep, 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 beep. like, and start like like shredding on his tabla. Like, I'm like, <laughs> I was sitting there like just going like, what the fuck? And there is a couple yeah. of videos online of that tour, but nice. man, and it have, have him playing like in India and stuff for like like 70, 80,000 people, like of just them mm-hmm. sitting down just jamming that. And uh, it's it's a uh, you ever fire, fucked with fire? the, the shock T shit? I think shock. it's Shakti, right? Yeah. S- yeah, yeah. S-H-A-K-T-I. Yeah. Yeah, yeah Shakti is amazing. Yeah. I caught Zakir live as well, too. It was just yeah. super sick. Super technical fucking percussion in that yeah. shit. Yeah. yeah. Insane. And vocal shit. Did There's some any of you guys catch... Uh, that's true. Yeah. Anyone catch Alan Holdsworth live? No. no. Clinic. I, no. I, I saw, saw clinic? clinics. I saw a Holdsworth concert. Yeah. Oh, nice. Sick. It was Damn. so sick. Yeah, just one of I, those guys that you just like. What, like with uh, Paco, I remember Casey. You were going to Paco, and I was like, "Whatever, I'll catch him next time." There wasn't a next time, so yeah. Sometimes, like, uh, there's those people you got when they're getting getting up there in age. You just gotta say whatever. It's on a Monday. I gotta go. I gotta. I gotta. <laughs> you know, you gotta make that commitment. Even with comedy, like, oh shit, what's that? Nice. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah that An- Anthony oh, yeah. is holding so, up a uh, box set of the. What the uh, fuck? Alan heard. <laughs> Alan Holdsworth, uh, what is it? The man who changed guitar forever. It's the, the album co- collection. Discography, nice, dude. man. Nice. Dope. Yeah, nice, dude. Vocal. Woo! Look at all that Holdsworth, dude. Right yeah. in my hand. Dude. Anthony's holding all of the Holdsworth. <laughs> <Yeah. in his laughs> well, He's, Santa Cruz. is worth holding the Holdsworth, yeah, dude. Hold Santa Cruz has the Quamba Jazz Center, which is one yep. of the best jazz venues in the entire Stanley world. Stanley Clark there. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I used to go see Charlie Hunter there and. uh Yep. That's where I seen uh, Alan Holdsworth, John Luke Ponty. Oh, okay. I saw. Um, oh, I saw John Luke Ponty with uh, Al Demiola at the Mount Winery. Sick. I saw when I saw him. Uh, Virgil Donati was playing drums, I believe. Who's that? Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I saw Billy Cobham there. Oh I've seen shit! All oh, the dude. fusion guys Good there. Oh, I dude, sick. I saw Billy Cobham in 2008. Uh, nice. One of the most impressive shows I've seen. You know, I've seen Alan Holdsworth too, and one of the things he really that really struck me that was a year later it was a, cl- a clinic in a music shop whatever and he was explaining how he was like the way he approached improvisation and it was really interesting it was like oh well it's like i'm going in a room and there's like three other doors in that room and i just take one of the doors and that door takes me to another room with three doors and then it all goes on and on he's like none of the doors there's no wrong door it's just just infinite doors possibilities and it's so like abstract the way he does it it's like well it's easier said than done but at the same time it makes sense and it's just for him it's like endless endless possibilities like it's it's like you could watch him for like four hours and there's that one probably not one lick he would repeat it's just like an infinite well of 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 chops and licks that he has over the over the years and just watching that for like an hour it's like yeah have you checked out the? Uh, <laughs> he has a book. Have you have you read his book? Yeah, my fingers hurt just watching it. <laughs> I I could not understand the book. It like it's his own like guitar theory. It was yeah. like his theory of guitar, and it's got all these crazy diagrams, and it makes yeah. like just, I couldn't understand it because oh, it wasn't just it like out. staff or guitar notation. And I was like, well, this is a deeper dive than I have time for right now. Nice. So. But it's yeah. out there. Yeah, I just bad. saw like uh, some of his chord like progressions, and my I'm not joking, my fingers hurt just watching, uh, just like <laughs> yeah, looking yeah. at the chord progressions. Yes, yeah. 
Fuck yeah. Those Holdsworth cords, uh, yeah, they're ridiculous. Oh, yeah, the like craziest. <laughs> yeah, like, the biggest yeah. stretches. I'm literally like, over yeah, here yeah. like... Yeah. yeah. It's like... <laughs> I'm trying to spread Somehow my sneaks his finger fly. back, like, he'll sneak like, his pointer that. finger, like, back, like, like yeah. three frets to, like, bar something. I'm like, what the fuck? He's like, like oh, yeah, it's just like an E minor civilization. Like, like, like those memes, <laughs> you know, but it's, like, real. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, <laughs> it's totally real. Like, the meme is real. It's absolutely real. Yeah. Thing. <laughs> yeah. Um, him and him and Jarzenbeck are kind of in the same league, I would say. Right? Wouldn't you say they're kind of like these well, kind of mad scientists of guitar? Oh they're yeah. From, they're like from outer space guitarists. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Like, oh yeah. Just took it to a ridiculous level. And what even linked it up for like, me was focus, the... and then hearing Holdsworth, and I'm like, Dude, oh yeah. shit. Oh. Yeah. This is where it came from mm-hmm. because yeah. you know you have to sure. you have to dig in order to figure that out because <laughs> you you listen to Focus for the longest time it's like nobody else yeah. sounds like this but then you come across Holdsworth and you're like this is what they were listening to yeah that exactly. Mahavish New Orchestra fucking all that shit and then they ended up becoming also cynic. just shout out to Robert Fripp I'm yeah. I'm seeing King Crimson in a month. He, I'm thinking Crimson. God damn it, Joel. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> my mom. My mom's actually flying out from so uh, New Mexico to come see it. Where oh, me nice. and Trevor, my mom, are going. <laughs> like, so it's gonna be I'm sick. Very dude, jealous. We got like front row. Yeah, we spent yeah. a oh, lot right, of rub money. it in. Nice. <laughs> I know. Yes. I know. Yes. We're like, that show? When? I think. When I think. It? Yeah, I think we're like clo- like in front of like Robert Fripp. It's <laughs> August. Sick, oh yeah. wow. <laughs> what else? What else? <laughs> Keep going. What no, have you actually the Robert Fripps? You know those like gear breakdowns and actually. I want to yeah, get into dude. gear in a, for a second in a second, uh-huh. uh, Phil, because people talk about wanting to know more about gear and stuff. Mm. Um, and I want to know more about because I'm, I'm obviously love it. But uh, like he has that gear breakdown there, gear rundown or whatever those those YouTube videos are of the the guy with the microphone and, and mm-hmm. talking to Robert Fripp's guitar tech and that gear rundown, his board, like it's like, you know, it, it wraps all the way around him and um, he, he's in quad stereo i don't know you know he's got he's got four so he can do like a loop in the back left corner of the venue the back right corner of the venue and then one in the two fronts so he can have four he's got like four two different pairs of stereo going at the same time with all the pedals and stuff and he's got like a mixture of ipads and like this retro old school 70s shit like pedals and stuff like that and like the the the, the rig it just like literally gives me anxiety this this guy that has to like run that thing like if one thing goes wrong like i mean he was talking about all the ways around if things go wrong he's got the fractal stuff he's got the old school amps he's got like Jeez. everything like just wrapped around him. in like, the moment troubleshooting if some shit goes wrong like the list oh, you gotta go down like a your nightmare like fast I, shit would go wrong with me with a fucking guitar head in a cabinet and like one pedal like shit would go wrong <laughs> and i'd be like what's the problem i don't know i don't know it's like it. when you forget to plug in right yeah yeah, yeah. but uh so phil so you i see you have a 5152 behind you so are you is that your main your main uh rig and your what kind of pedals or are you using anything digital or what are you doing um yeah it's uh what i've used for for fragment and also catalyst some funeral stuff. Um, I think I used it to reamp the Eternity Zen stuff. Also, Serox. I used mm-hmm. it for a lot of bands. Uh, it's just, as, as far as pedals go, um, you know, I'm still in search of my tone, uh, my ultimate tone after years. It, it never stops, you know. But um, in the live setting, I usually just have a shitload of delay and 
overdrive because mm-hmm. you know my my favorite my ideal idea of a, a lead guitar tone is uh tony mcalpine on the mars project driver album release in 85 or 86 um i'm not sure but, but anyway that's the best guitar tone in metal in my opinion one of the best you know um just like that really fat juicy tone with lots of delay and that's always been kind of the thing i wanted to do uh you know regardless of the style of music that i play i'm gonna always going to have the similar tone for every one of my projects for yeah. fragment included and people have always been asking about the first fragment lead guitar tone and it's really simple it's just a pv through a, a pv uh cab or marshall actually on on design um our previous full-length album it was through a 70s marshall cab uh that my father used to use back then and a doubler setting that uh, or guy who did the, all the productions we did together in 2009. Um, his old computer c- couldn't open properly anymore, so we couldn't load in the session. So we had to take like really weird, like uh, crude screenshots of the setting to kind of replicate it on the plugin he had. So it's like a mix of digital and you know the 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 rest comes from the amp. But this that it's that one FX setting that we did back mm-hmm. then in 2009 that we were still using um, on later albums and for fragment and 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 there's no pedal that i know that sounds like that mm-hmm. i hope one day somebody does a, a dollar pedal that has a, a similar sound but the way we did it you know it would take me like an axe effects to kind of just take the effect and um you know use it in a live setting but axe effects i you know i it has it's good and bad i yeah. just prefer having just an amp and you know screaming behind me you yeah know? yeah uh, but I mean, um, for traveling probably xfx would make a, i mean that makes a lot of sense yeah. for a lot of people with the the modeling stuff just because it's it's one little thing and you know i've 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 tried it before i i played session guitar in a band called brought by pain it's all the guys from beyond creation it's like they're all like their side project and basically both bands they play together and the both bands use the same rig XFX. So, you know, I've played a few shows with XFX and that kind of stuff, and it's cool. It's very practical, but PV has always been for me. I know a lot of people use PV. It's like one of the go-tos, one of the most used amps in metal, but, you know, it's just, it, I guess it complements how I play. You know, yeah. it just works for me. It's very durable, uh, too. Yeah, it's it's just versatile. Um, yeah. Whether I'm playing you know, precise stuff or old-school death metal or even funeral doom, you know, just change the EQ and add a, an extra pedal in there and boom, voila. Uh, yeah. I just say voila with an American accent. I'm supposed to say voila, you know. <laughs> <There> you uh, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but um, uh, yeah, no, live uh, to kind of, I just, like I said, you use an overdrive pedal and delay pedal, sometimes a chorus, uh, even like the chorus pedals, I'm still trying to find the right one mm-hmm. just to have that really, the most like 80s chorus possible you know i haven't found a right one yet but you know he got to talk to is uh because uh, matt comes over here all, all the time uh, matt from decrepit birth oh and, yeah uh, yeah he he's is into that stuff oh man yeah. like he comes in because you know he i have the axe effects here and so he's like he he comes in here and like and actually last time he came he was like 
he was trying to like be like fuck the xfx dude i'm gonna bring these like old school amps and like he got like these two amps slaved one of them into another amp and all this crazy stuff and it sounded sick it sounded really cool um but i ended up I, I feel like i won that battle a little bit just because i had my i could go in and like he didn't really have it all dialed in and i had my stuff completely dialed in you know yeah. like what i wanted to do and uh but no he he definitely like is all about trying to find that like classic 80s tone like he is like 80s and early 90s tone like matt is like like the stuff he gets into and, and how he'll take multiple different amps and like plug them into each other and 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 do different combinations of things and add these random effects in and and he like if you ever want any information he will like i've randomly like been at work and he just asked me questions about you know we talk about amps and stuff and it just starts going back and forth i'm like dude i, I got i gotta work man i can't like i got like he just goes like he's just he's i mean just like me i'm super into it too so he just like paragraph it and we'll just go back and forth like if you ever want to chat with someone i'm sure he would love to, to talk that like you know chorus and and delay and all that stuff tone stuff with you and get like over the top nerdy oh yeah that guy matt i never spoke to him but he seems like he, he's a real one man i remember i used to go on this forum back oh in the day. yeah yeah uh, the smn forums uh, yes you know it was yeah. coming we have yeah. to talk about it a little what bit what was your name on but, there what was your name on there uh chromaticity but, I don't know uh, what you're talking about, dude. What's that? And, <laughs> we're, and like Matt, I know Matt was on on this forum, and I see he has like a psychotic Waltz picture. It's like, okay, this guy, this guy's a real one, man. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, he knows yeah, the yeah. which he knows the good shit, you know. <laughs> that's totally. like that, that's where I first well, saw him. What's funny about time, it, but... that is the decrepit birth forum that got taken over by trolls and had to be moved oh, yeah. away. Yeah. It had to be renamed because Matt was like those this days, is dude. I was in the band at that time, so I was oh, actually like right. telling I Matt. Got pissed, yeah. Yeah, I was telling oh, Matt yeah, at the time. I was sure. like, dude, keep your name on it, dude. It's, I mean, I know it's not like it's a lot of Good people. Or bad are, publicity is still publicity. I mean, it's not all bad too, but there's there's the you know the the guy coma or whatever, and then there was like oh, the, you yeah, remember coma? Everyone dude. remembers coma. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, shit, I forgot. There was people man. on there that were just like brutal, that like guy. anything, oh, yeah. anything that we would ever release, it would just be like like it'd be like fuck yeah fuck yeah fuck yeah and then like come on just be like the main guy there be like this shit sucks fuck you (laughs) what was what's actually a blessing in that in disguise with that is that i learned how to deal with that shit early yeah yeah before social media yeah yeah so like i I was already prepped for all this Mm -hmm. this is the way the internet is now you know and yeah I had one like I think there might have been one time I like engaged and I was like you know what why did I even do oh yeah I made that I engaged so much times. yeah I would just go <laughs> I would engage we were all, like, we didn't understand we're like what we talking and then shit, Como man. would make oh. like a full yeah. thread on what Not I a said good idea. and like he'd make like, yeah. a full thread of like a quote I said and just like <sighs> and just rip it apart and be like this guy fucking sucks blah, blah. like oh shit yeah. and just like I would just like show up to the forums like on my work I'd be at Circuit City working and like read the forums and be like. Oh shit! Am I in trouble or something? Like, what's going on? <laughs> like, yeah. like, like he really like. You're in big I, trouble. His name was Brian. I know that his name was Brian. I don't know. I saw one picture of him one time, and he's just, just yeah, he's just some kid in his basement kind of thing. Mm-hmm. But but um, it's a good point though, because I remember like when when YouTube first started getting like all like a thing, and they were like videos cool, and then there's these brutal comments. I'm like Jesus, mm-hmm. man! Like, I, know, I didn't I know. get it, you know. Then I messaged some guy, and he was like, "You're a fucking bitch." Fucking, and I was just all like. <laughs> what the hell and i was like okay you yeah people to like, were not 
right in our minds, man. You just like don't, yeah, yeah. You don't read those. You don't message people like 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 Riley is like I don't fucking read that shit. Like, yeah, yeah, <laughs> who yeah, reads yeah. those? Like, what's the you point know? of my thing is like what's the point of like taking the time and energy to tell some somebody that they you don't like their shit or you don't like how they perform. There's a that. point because like, people do it all the time. So. I know, but it's I mean, like, also, too, though, some, you know, I was like 21, 20, your, 22. Like I was like, this was brand new to me. So like, mm -hmm. and people were, um, you know, directly talking about shit that I was a part of. So like, I yeah. wasn't, I wasn't able to be like, you know, was it wasn't a conversation like, Oh, you know, I'm showing someone a band. They're like, "That sucks." They're like, "Your band sucks." Like, fuck you. <laughs> like, they're like, they're like, they're going after like yeah, me personally. Yeah. And when God, you're 22 it's... and stuff like that, you're just like, or 21. Yeah, or dude, we're, we're definitely full of way more serious. Testosterone, yeah, yeah. dude. You've seen that? I just said testosterone, dude. Testosterone. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that's a so. <laughs> it's funny because as much as this place was toxic, it's it's kind of ironic because some of these trolls I ended up doing bands with really? i'm not i'm not, I'm not so kidding funny. oh I'm no kidding. what band what band it was uh what's his name uh tarrant uh what's roman. his fucking name roman yeah oh my God. we did we did the uh, we did, roman is not in the scene anymore but we did you know what was the band let called me do, he did, zolotry he, did, he let me do the guitars zolotry. and kind of kind of take over like the guitar stuff but you know he's a great songwriter but i guess because of his attitude online i guess some people were biased towards the band. Yeah, yeah. And, he but was he was early. a troll too. So at the he same was a time, troll. it's like you, you know, it's, yeah, yeah, <laughs> but, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. You know, Serox, uh, my the other band I formed back then. Well, it was not my band, but um, I met Antonio through these forums, and he was he was one of those trolls. He was like, first fragment sucks, but it could yeah, be really yeah. good." <laughs> and you know, uh, first fragment when we did the two thousand. Eight and 2009 demos everyone in quebec were like crazy about it but all this clique the rivers of gore smn people were like yep. this sucks this should be like old school death metal it's like well like okay <laughs> well i do have an, an old school death metal band but it's like it doesn't it's like it doesn't have to be uh, that dude. it's just like it's, it's just sandcastles man it's just, it's just sandcastles thing, you know? dude you just but built a like, sandcastle at, at the same time it made have made me have a ticker skin you know for later yeah. But yeah, to, for yeah. somebody to say to somebody else, your art should be this. Yeah, it makes no sense. Like, what a pretentious yeah. fucking asshole. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I don't, I don't <laughs> mind know? anymore. But the point was uh, dealing with that, like you said earlier, uh, uh, at such a, you know, back then I was like 16, you know, 17. Mm. It was it's kind of brutal to hear that from strangers. But after that, you get a, a thicker skin and it's like, yeah, okay, I'll just keep doing whatever I want and, you know, whatever. But mm -hmm, uh, yeah. it, the point, is you know as much as you know i guess going on forums and stuff it can be seen as a waste of time and to be honest it kind of is but i did find some I, great projects I I from there. good threads in that that place yeah, there's a lot of bands I, I a lot of music so many people from there you know lily yeah. rubber from defeated sanity we did an oh, album yeah, together because yeah, we yeah, did yeah. an album together yeah. because nice. we we knew through to or to you know we knew each other through these forums uh the other bands i mentioned uh even my bandmate in list i met through that forum so it's like it has it's it's good part you know it's good yeah we, do, we were just talking about positive vibes earlier yeah you, that yeah you keep the positive vibes you find the yeah. other people that have the exactly, positive vibes man. it wasn't exactly. all bad at all it wasn't all no, bad at all. No, i think no. i think i the, the bad was amplified for all of us because when when the bad came we were just like what the fuck and like, you know, we were like took it well, really it was, to heart at the time and 
And uh, Matt would actually come through and be pretty elegant about his responses. He would, yeah, he was, you know, he he would be very like calculated and and not like give in too much to the trolling. And he would, he would respond like, oh, I see what you're saying here, Mm -hmm. blah, blah. But I decided not to do that because, you know, he would say like responses like that rather than like, fuck you too, man. You know, he would like actually have like an elegant kind of response that actually I've always appreciated about Matt, how he, uh, I could tell that it hurt him because I was in a van with him for many months. So I know that like, he didn't like it and he was like mad about i mean he was like bummed about it but like at the same time like there were so many more people that were i mean it was the decrepit birth forum that people were talking this on so it was like at the, at the beginning so it was like you yeah. know it was all going down on pretty much his bands everyone was going to his bands forum you know to talk so well, it was like before and, we were touring too we had done one yeah but it yeah. was like right before like it was like 2007 we were like getting ready to tour and then 2008 we started touring a bunch but like yeah it was funny dude it was like i remember like on the road a couple times remember like i'm sure you you remember too joel but like these guys coming up like and just being like yeah like what's up like and yeah you know we we like you guys a lot but we don't like your new album at all like so how's it going <laughs> like you know we don't like it like fuck you or <laughs> something like that it's like cool yeah, yeah, dude. Oh, there's yeah, always yeah. gonna be those people but yeah yeah you know, but with the territory man it's, yeah but yeah, dude yeah, yeah. Yeah. i mean honestly i gotta throw it out to south park like one of my favorite episodes of all time is the troll episodes like there's like a few of them have you seen those possibly not i don't, I don't think i remember it's nobody I, mean, I, watch the show. I don't i don't nobody here has seen the troll episodes i, I probably have i've seen like probably like with like a, episodes. uh what is it kyle's dad uh brofloski uh what's his name you know whatever his dad yeah, yeah. um gerald right oh yeah gerald yeah Dude, gerald yeah yeah you, okay all of you guys and the all of our listeners right now you need to make sure you watch the troll episodes of south park it's yeah, the yeah. funniest fucking shit and it involves Denmark and all this shit in this dude, and oh, dude, yeah, yeah. genius, dude. I, will yeah, check yeah. I mean, everything about South Park is pretty much genius, but <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, but dude, I, I haven't watched the show in a while, but I think I'm gonna I'm gonna take a look at that, that episode specifically. I'll, I'm really, I'm really curious now. I'm gonna like yeah, put it yeah. in the description of this video, Sounds like good. the episode <laughs> number and the there's like a couple of oh Matt, dude. Yeah, yeah. Shit. He's like in his. I don't want to give it away, but he's like all the guys stuff you're talking about, like. Just imagine these people like that's why I said the sandcastles thing is like it's not it's just about like they see something pretty that everyone's into and they just want to smash it. It's funny, you know, to them. Right. Yeah, so yeah, like, yeah, he's like and then he's just like ah, and just like <laughs> typing in the dark like uh, late at mm-hmm. night. It's like a symphony like Beethoven. And he's like, dun, 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 and he's just like, ah. he's all talking like, shit. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, yeah. That's what it's yeah. about. So when you feed into it, then they like, oh, oh, shit. Then he responds. But if you I've don't caught resp- myself yeah. doing that to people yeah. to things and people too back then, like, um, almost seeing like something that i don't i don't i'm not really into and then seeing like um everyone like when i was younger not not really these days but um see people just fawn over it like it's the best thing ever and i would be like yeah you know i'm not i don't really see what you guys see well, <laughs> you know, i'm like i think this is uh, not very good and, but i don't know i would just like i would get just like, for the just for the thrill of being on the other side of things yeah it's like a contrarian move it's like being the contrarian and, yeah. being like yeah, no we I, all, i'm we all add those joel, we're figuring yeah. out trolls. Yeah, exactly joel is 25 percent troll it's the it's the <laughs> gorilla. It rhymes with my name it's the gorilla's advocate is what it is joel the troll dude yeah. okay um, i used to say wait can i just ask about the what's the project you did with lily oh yeah so back well to it that. was it was the it was the first zolatry album that was not serox actually uh, uh, but you you would have expected lily to play in a band like serox because zolatry is a completely different thing but lily dude you know i've actually i didn't expect them i played a festival in los angeles it was puny and environment 
and he was at the show, man, in Los Angeles. Wow. Like, they were recording a new album. He's okay. Like, Phil. I'm like, I kind of froze for like two seconds. Like, what? <laughs> what? What? Yeah. what are you doing here? It's like, are, <laughs> don't, don't you live in Germany? He's like, well, we're recording a new album. I was like, damn. And Jack, Jacob was there too, man. Yeah. Oh, cool. Jacob That's where he lives in, now. That's in, where he lives. Yeah. They've both yeah, been on their previous duo guest yeah. on the show. Super cool dudes. I invited yeah, yeah. Jacob oh, yeah. to come jam here and he says he'll come out sometime. So, oh, yeah. Sick. Like, oh, yeah. I have to be honest with you guys. Brutal Death Metal has never really been my thing that much, except for a few bands. But Defeated Sanity has always consistently been. Oh, yeah. Like a, a, a really like <laughs> band. I, yeah. You <laughs> know, when we got uh, the big flags for them. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, dude. I, I started listening to them. Like there were the first, you know, with Suffocation, the first real death metal band I got into, like in two thousand seven or eight ish. Um, but I liked them a lot. But uh, when Chapters came out, two thousand ten, I probably listened to the album for like two, like every day for like two months straight. It's just nonstop, just Fuck completely it. addictive album with uh, that guy, uh, Ag Aj. AJ mm. from ah, yeah. the, from Disgorge. Uh, That's a good one, dude. I, uh, he's hey, he's in he? to violently vomit the band I play with uh, oh, in with dude. Diego. Yeah, yeah. Oh, amazing. You die, Diego. Since, since when? Diego's dude? crazy on guitar, man. Is that is that a yeah yeah? yeah. Uh, he's Cali exclusive. No, he did no, the AJ, show. AJ. Oh, okay. AJ's been the main to violently vomit singer, or, or like mm. we will to violently vomit will play and has played with other uh, Disgorge singers, including. Uh, Maddie Way and but AJ um, is the most recent angel, but uh, yeah, AJ did the last show that we all did together, and he's set to play the next show as well. So cool, man! Sick, dude. Didn't, didn't yeah. he sing in Deprecated too? Yeah, yeah. Oh, oh yep. I love that band too. Uh, yeah. But Maddie, Maddie Way, Maddie Way is cool, man. Um, I he's a great singer, but I, I, I love working with him. Like, feel like, like you know, Jamie and Maddie uh, yeah. make such an, a great team, man. Um, nice. They really. Like when it comes to the new album, you know, uh, Unique Leader, uh, you know, they have their own roster of like specific kind of branches of bands. And I know we don't really fit in there anymore that much as compared to the other bands, but they really, they really like helped us a lot, man. And I couldn't be more thankful. Like I'm not, just, mm -hmm. not talking just about the budget, but like everything, they really like encouraged us to, you know, see things through in our nice. way. And even though, Even though there there may be a, a situation where there's uh, something unplanned that's going off, they'll like adjust and you know we'll make things work no matter what. But yeah, aid uh, Maddie Way is great, man, and you have a lot of like surrounded by sick musicians like that. Like I said, Diego is a like that guy He's, is a, such an insane guitarist, dude. It's it's fucking it's his, inhuman. It's his, it's his birthday tomorrow, and we're practicing. Oh, oh really? Well, yeah. will you? I, I he doesn't know me, but uh, you know, tell him uh, whatever. I, he doesn't know me. It doesn't matter. But like, no, uh, he'll, I would, I would yeah. tell, I would tell him happy birthday. Yeah. Oh man, oh, you yeah. never hung out with you never hung out with Diego. He's like the he's oh, he's dude. basically like I would say he's like basically like the the fifth host on here. Basically, like I would yeah. like the honorary. He's actually he I've been missing him lately. He needs to be on here again. Soon. Yeah, yeah. No, he's oh, like yeah. one of the chillest like human beings and it's funny that yeah. anytime his name gets brought up in the in the you know on any of these things that we do like with whatever band we're talking to everyone's like oh diego i fucking love it like everyone just yeah. like 
like well he's same like with maddie though too i know he was he was saying maddie's a good dude get he's he's one of those guys that is fucking down with death metal and down with new musicians mm-hmm. and like he has just always been such a positive fucking force every single time i talk to him you know and and have hung out with him and we've had some great conversations and these are the types of people that why i love this genre this is why i stayed in this shit for so long i kept on finding all these great human beings dude Mm -hmm. yep and we all really got to become a community and i got to be able to really actually feel a part of this community that i stumbled across and that's why now here we are fucking in our 30s doing podcasts of talking about this shit now and seeing what's up with the new generations too and see and realizing it's all the same thing it's happening the same way for everybody else dude hell yeah the community once you're in like things just happen very similarly for so many people mm-hmm. and maddie ways one of the dudes that i just was fucking super stoked to meet and super like happy that he was a good person mm-hmm. you know yeah <laughs> you hear that voice and you're like how is this guy gonna be you know <laughs> yeah. and then you meet him at a show and he's just a fucking homie by the end of the yeah, night yeah. And you're like yeah. there it is dude totally no he's i mean that's one of the things i've brought up many times on the death metal like on the, just on the podcast is that how cool and how aggressive and how crazy the music is but everyone i mean if they're not cool, if they're kind of shitty, if they, like it gets spread around pretty quickly, like in the death metal community that this yes. person sucks. Like mm-hmm. it's not it's a personality and being cool and, and being nice to people is is definitely a part of the, you know, I mean, maybe Glenn Benton isn't cool. I don't know. I've never met him, but, you know, he seems like kind of an <laughs> asshole. I don't know. He might be nice. I don't know. You might be but, uh, able to catch him on a good day, maybe. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But I mean, I want I also want it's like Ingve Malmsteen. You're talk, talking about Ingve Malmsteen earlier. I want. Ingve Malmsteen and Glenn Benton to be kind of an asshole. I want that's what I want. I want <laughs> I don't want them to be nice to me. Like I don't like it's it's like it's like getting an autograph. Like I remember uh Matt Satello when he was a little kid saw Ingve Malmsteen and he refused to sign his autograph and and uh Matt oh, was really? just like crushed. He was crushed oh, by it. But I, at the that's same hilarious. time I was like I was like, that's like, oh, that's like an autograph in itself. You got dissed by Ingve Mom. Yeah, yeah. Like, dissed like, by yeah. the jars. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But how cool would it be if, if Yingve was like all super chill? Like he's like the best, you know? Yeah, yeah. yeah. He yeah. seems, I mean, I saw him, I saw him uh, about a, two or three years ago. And uh, he's, I don't know. He, he's definitely got that. He's definitely got his ego. I mean, which he yeah. does. I'm not saying he does. He's not deserving of, but, oh, um, yeah, no, he's but I also like, liked it. Like I was like watching him going like, you know, he's kicking picks to everyone and doing all these like ballerina moves and shit. And I was like, I love I'm like, damn, this guy's got confidence. Know, dude. Jimmy, like yeah, the confidence. So you can't, ridiculous. I know this confidence. Yeah. You can't fucking teach to anyone. He's just got, he's got this like overwhelming confidence and you feel it on stage too. He's just, dominating like, the stage like he's running oh, yeah. around he's like throwing his guitar like feel, to his guitar tech without looking yeah. just like throwing it like super far and i'm like oh shit like, i feel like yeah. the american daddy of shred is like steve Vai. you know he's like hey guys come yeah on. he's like the you nice know, yeah, he's yeah, like, yeah everybody you know tosin all you guys like it's just so sick you know? yeah, yeah 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 he seems like, like a nice guy i don't know but yeah, I, I, it matters. I, I, mean, I wussed out on medium because he came to our, our show and with because we were playing with the animals as leaders and 
fucking just see Steve Vai walking through, and I'm like, oh, oh that's shit, right, dude. yeah, and I'm like, what the hell, like, wow, that is yeah, his, crazy, his, man. His son yeah. is all into metal. His son, his younger son's all into metal. So oh, cool. like, he looks like a metalhead. He's just so his, his son dragged him out to come watch uh, Animals Leaders. But I mean, he, I saw <laughs> him watching us too, and I was like, yeah. Steve Vai is fucking watching me right now. Holy, shit. I know. Holy shit, I would, I would shit my pants. Oh, we had, we had a uh, Casey. We, we had a uh, Casey what got we, Jarzenbeck. We got Ron Jarzenbeck to show up. To, while uh, you're on stage, show. did you look and find him? Did you actually see him while you were on stage? Uh, yeah, I saw him like up in the upper. I think I saw him. It was pretty far away in the upper deck on, at a at Sunset a House of Blues. Yikes, um, dude. I know. But I mean, at the same time, I'm like, dude, you murder me, so I'm not worried about it. Like, I'm not like, I'm not <laughs> trying like to like fucking... watching you like a Joel. I know, like, I know. It's like, know? he's not watching me. Like, out of everyone, like, he's not watching. Like, well, that like, guy. Matt, don't fuck up that solo, motherfucker. <laughs> yeah, but uh, yeah, no, it's uh, I mean, at one time we had a uh, so Casey, we had uh, Jarnsabek do a solo on the Cryptic Implosion album. And so Casey that was a trip. like, like hit up Jarzenbeck and was like, Hey, we're in San Antonio. We know you live here. Do you want to come to the yeah. show? He's like, yeah, I'll come to the show. And we're like, oh shit. <laughs> like he's actually coming. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, he crazy. showed up and I know I was all super, playing. I was just like, was like super oh, mellow. Man, I know. And it was, was funny. We, we, uh, I went up to, Jar I was drunk and I went to Jarzenbeck and I was like, dude, you can do the funniest thing for us right now. Cause I mean, I love Mike Keen. He's going to be on here in a couple of weeks, but, uh, from the faceless. And uh, I was like, go walk up to Michael Keane with your arms crossed and just shake your head and walk away. <laughs> <laughs> you said that to him? <laughs> oh, my God. Dude. And he didn't, he didn't, oh, didn't, about that. He didn't Did do it. He didn't do it. No, he's like, no. Uh, he, didn't yeah. do it. no he, he didn't want to do it. But it was like, a, it was like a hypothetical. Did you guys Did you guys talk to him at all about That's like so how funny. he came up with the soloing for that song on Cryptic? I think or... he was really, he said he was really proud of it. And that he, he spent a lot of time on it. A lot of, spent a lot of time on it. And that he was bummed that we weren't touring it as well yeah. i think he said something like he was like i, uh, I, I, yeah, I was yeah, like totally he, he's all i wanted, wanted you guys to, to like tour. play more shows and do more stuff yeah. so you know so maybe Bro. we could have him come out on stage how yeah. how did you guys oh, feel when you got that back dude oh god i know he said that he said that, that solo. i still night. remember that day like when we got the solo back from him and we we're just like yeah oh my god like Let's a put legitimate it on, dude and we were just like he <laughs> listened to it like I think we listened to it. I'm not even kidding you. We probably listened to it like 40, yeah. 50 times. Oh, dude, that's right. Yeah, that's ready. Sure. Play it again. Play it again. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, dude, yeah. When he when he harmonizes on the second solo, you're like, yeah, wait, yeah. oh my god. We it's didn't like even like know what he was doing want. at the time. We were like, what is that? So it's like, okay, it's like whole tone, like major thirds in this all. But you don't even back. We were just like, what the fuck, dude? Like, yeah, it sounded like know? a robot. Like it was yeah. like it sounded like a, a like a. But it was like perfect too. Out. Yeah, it was like perfect. It fits so well. Yeah. He just, Did we give him the whole song or just yeah. the just that shit? We gave him the, so whole, he song. the whole song. Yeah. And then because it sounds like he would have kind of listened to the so, whole song before he did it. And we like, I don't know, it doesn't matter how much, but we get, we paid him really good to do it. And he was like, you don't need to pay me that much. Like, man, I'll just, just a little bit's fine. And we were like, no, we're fucking going to pay you. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So maybe sure that's why he kept all put, the jars and Beck. We can squeeze like, we're not out gonna, of you, dude. We're not going to get a deal on jars and Beck. Like, you know, we're going to pay him like really good, dude. Yeah. Yeah. Part of the Definitely. album. It's like part of that our is, budget. You know? That is so flattering when people do that. Yeah, but Definitely. you got it, dude. Yeah. You know, it's like the right thing to dude, do. Dude, Phil, you should almost do a solo on the new audio. Yeah, dude. so what are you up to, dude? 
Got the, uh... <laughs> Seriously? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Hey, why not? We Fuck love yeah, that. dude. Oh, we yeah. Love it. For sure. All right. I'm down, we have, man. We got Dan Kenny's going to do a guest pinch harmonic. <laughs> that's oh, not, uh, no, that's let's not unload stuff. our secrets on one episode. <laughs> not everybody's going to know. On. Okay, no more secrets. Sorry, I let that one oh, you came up with all the ideas. People can know about one on the episodes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, that's yeah. true, too. They did, they, they've already been live, man. It's cool. Yeah, we've talked about it a bunch. <laughs> but it's not a big, you know, but the other secrets will be secrets. But, you know, <laughs> yeah. but we'll see but, about Phil. I don't know. I mean, that's who knows, man. Who knows? It's okay, so just adding Possibly. to that, yeah. I, I, talking about I sent Casey the Serox track that you have a guest solo on from the newest album, Vore. Uh, you did? Yeah. I and know. I was like, inspiration for guitar solos for the new Odious. <laughs> there you go. That's oh, really? cool, man. I'm really flattered by that. Um, I just, it was like an Instagram, like just oh, I message it, at some point or something, Casey. Really yeah. You know, like just, just kind of a one-off, like yeah, I yeah. share all kinds yeah, of shit with everybody, it, but yeah. yeah, I was like, so dude, cool. and I didn't realize that was you, honestly. I was just like, dude, this guy, whoever this is, is awesome. And now it's all coming together. I'm like, oh, yeah, every every sick band from Canada, this dude's in it. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah. yeah, well, yeah. Yeah, sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. Go ahead, go yeah. continue. Oh, I was just, I like, I, I like, is it Chathelis or Cathelist? Mm. That, the full length, I like listened to, and I didn't realize that was you as well. Um, yeah, most people, they, they don't expect it because it's, so they're it's quite different like the vibe and the vocals and, it's but. been it's been a minute since i've listened to it so i'd have to revisit it but i do like that style as well and like would you say that's kind of downstream of gorguts and like a whole other side of the canadian metal scene is that fair well i mean in a sense yes but when katila started it was like i started the band in 2010 in 2010 in montreal especially in montreal it was like a lot of tech debt, a lot of black metal, and a lot of deathcore. And I mean, I'm not saying it's just good and everything, but like I was saturated. I was really angry at the time about everything, like young and stuff. And I said, I want to st- start a band that doesn't sound like a Quebec band. It will sound like it's something that was released in Finland in 1992. That's yeah. exactly what we went for. Like, oh, like Demigod, a Dramalek uh disgrace like really like low profile bands like missed with some swedish stuff like crematory it's like down tune and it's like we're gonna do that and like then we did the full ank and now just this whole osdm thing going on in the u.s that's big like the like we're doing old school death metal but it's like for me it was like okay i we kind of started labeling ourselves old school death metal at the beginning was like oh this it's kind of a lame <laughs> thing it's just, it's just death metal you know so yeah um so we kind of went with that um but serox is interesting because um you know i was on and off with the band you know i did a f- an album in 2012 left came back then did two albums uh, the last one was a phobos Demos, uh suit mm-hmm. and then i left but then the band asked me to do a guest solo and Xerox doesn't do solos. It's just riffs. You know, it's the, the whole idea of the band is uh, like, for example, when I wrote my half of the, the album, uh, Phobos Demo Suit, like these riffs, you know, the album came out in 2018, but my riffs were from 2009 to 2012. And all these riffs were like, I was, that was like written in a period. It was like, and I was like going through a, like uh u.s death metal 
phase of like listening to Savage Savior and, and Audius Mortem and also listening to like uh, Disavowed or bands like that. And it kind of kept, kept these riffs like sealed until it w- they would be a right time to use them, not in First Fragment, but in another project. And the album was kind of like, I see it as my take on the whole like, you know, early 2000s uh, US technical death, brutal, brutal technical stuff. Uh, but like you know, in a in a kind of a Canadian touch to it, like cryptopsy influence, big time. Mm-hmm. Um, but then I left the band because I wanted to focus on the other things, and we were cool. And they asked me to do a guest solo, which that guest solo I originally wrote in 2012, uh, for a demo for the band that I did. And they asked me to re-record the solo exactly how it was when I did like so many years ago. That was a challenge like you because as a guitar player you kind of ev- you know evolve over time and just like trying to get back the feel i had back then it was a it was really challenging really difficult but seeing that you like it that much it means like okay I, maybe i did good it's, oh yeah it, but it gives me hope you know i'd like you to know. hear i'd like to hear the comparison I'd like yeah. to hear the first. Oh, that'd be a, yeah. Well, it's it's the same notes. It's just the way can I approach certain notes. Yeah. The, like in the old version, the vibrato was different. Like the whammy bar accents are, they work, but they're kind of off at the same time. But it has a cool vibe. And originally, they were like, "Oh, we're gonna use your old DIs from 2012." I was like, "No, no, no!" It's like the, the sound quality is so bad. It's like I'm I'm just gonna record it. I can record it that all many time and. Yeah, people like bands ask me yes solos all the time. It's like cool, you know. I, I don't, I don't charge a lot, but you know, if, it, if Audius Morden asked me for yes solo, I would probably do it for free. But you know, keep it a secret, right? Uh, no, but, they, uh, they hook their guests up, I hear. So you should. Yeah, yeah I know. Casey, Casey's gonna but, pay uh, you a lot. He said, "Oh no." <laughs> you know, we Charges were talking about like, no, just kidding. like just kidding, doing guest solos. You know, uh, Christian Munzner. Um, that's yeah. how I kind of got close to him back then before I joined this power metal band. He did guest solos on the first fragment album. And he was like, dude, I love this arrangement so much. I'm going to do this for free. It's like, wow, that's Ooh, sick, dude. damn. Nice. <laughs> Way cool. Awesome. So that was cool. But yeah, dude, I'm, I'm so, I, I am, I'm actually really flattered to hear you're into um, like Serox, but also Katila because I, I realize it's not the easiest kind of thing to get into. But when somebody tells me specifically, I'm really into that band, it's like, wow, I'm yeah, kind of, yeah. I'm kind of surprised. It's like, oh, that's cool, man. Because like I said, that band was kind of born, like you know, I had first fragment going on, and, you know, doing the whole, whole like type that thing. But at the same time, a part of me was like, I'm kind of saturated by it at the same time, so I kind of wanted to do a death metal thing that didn't sound like Quebec death metal, you know. And that was another thing that that band was always kind of like the weird deformed mutant side uh, uh half brother of a first fragment just lurking in the dark corner somewhere mm-hmm. you know <laughs> i like but it. uh yeah it's uh just so many years just playing with tons of people um in in different styles and different scenes you know it all comes back to the we were talking about community at the beginning you know and it, it's amazing the bonds I form with pe- different people and different styles in different countries too over time. And it's just, it's like, that's the reason why I keep doing it. Uh, I keep doing bands with people all, all over. It's because I, I want to keep growing the com- 
part of a growing I just, I just gained a new brother yeah. tonight in my community yeah dude. cheers dude cool man yeah yeah, yeah. Like, fuck yeah yeah oh awesome. yeah awesome. you know you know what uh what you remind me of um it's funny because i'm sitting here looking at the metal archives and uh you're basically the guitar version of gabe sieber <laughs> and <laughs> like, you know like you're 29 years old and i'm just it's like i'm counting the bands I'm like one the two, list three, of four, bands five six seven hey, you're eight, california nine, seven, 11, californian 12. right yeah 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 i have a band for california actually you have a band from <laughs> california yeah called the uh, void ceremony Has, oh i see uh, it on here yeah 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 they're from california but it's it's a small world but like uh, gabe sieber man he's sick and you know what before we approach troy we actually approached Gabe, but Gabe, Gabe had a lot of things going on at the time. So, you know, it didn't work. It didn't work out, but it would have been really cool to work together. But, you know, I don't regret my choice because obviously Troy, Troy is the, is the, is the man and he's the coolest. But mm -hmm. Gabe, you know, I've met him a few times in real life. He's always been super cool and likes to joke around and stuff. And yeah, yeah, it is. But yeah, he's, he's in so many bands. Like he didn't he, he play in, uh, like a bat yeah yeah like, oh yeah, he, dude that's a crazy gig man yeah like I know that's, seriously a, props to him man it's like there's a long story so behind cool. it actually he he did one of our earlier episodes and we got him to we talk about to it talk but about he uh yeah he, he, he basically like yeah. yeah he uh he got flown out there i think like there was another drummer playing or something and he was just there like watching him and then the yeah, drummer just like dropped off after a while then he just started playing shows with yeah it was basically like was kind of like a short notice situation. Too, yeah. yeah it was, it was like last backup. minute yep yeah mm -hmm. only like, like a week and, or two or something and he learned the songs yeah. in yeah like a week or some shit of course yeah, he did yeah. man of course that's, he did that's like, what he does crazy. i'm not surprised <laughs> yeah and then yeah. it's like first show is just well huge. it's like you know, that's yeah, what it like, is like the songs that he's gonna play are the only thing he listens to yeah 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 yeah, yeah. that's it yeah nothing else yeah no choice yeah. over and over again yeah, yeah. Dude. that's how you have to do it i mean he knows he knows what he's hearing he just got he to get all the changes down because he's he's known as the uh the stand-in but you can be that type drummer. of dude and not be social like gabe is still a social dude oh yeah so it's no, like he's a part of he's his found his yeah. balance to where he could totally just zone that's, in on one thing that's a big part yeah. of his talent not only being a good drummer but like that's part of this like crazy part of him that's like a rad talent like i can just yeah whatever I can learn yeah he's like be it. a cool guy that you could you could travel with and he's yeah he's totally too. cool and every, like no one I, I haven't heard i'm someone i forget where i heard someone like said something bad about him once i'm like who are you like i haven't heard anything <laughs> yeah. bad ever about gabe like i think he might have been yeah. joking anybody but i was like day. Yeah, I was like, I think he might have been kidding or something. And I was like, dude, no one dislikes that guy. Like, <laughs> yeah. that guy's just so nice. You know, it's like, I don't know. He's, and he's talented. So it's got all, all of it going for him, you know? I, I agree, man. I can't see why people would dislike him. But then again, there's always going to be that one person that dislikes you for something. Catches you in the wrong window of time. He also, yeah. he's, lucky, bad mood. He's, he's lucky he missed the SMN forums. <laughs> yeah oh yeah good, good for him man but you yeah, know, like, yeah. I, like i said it was positive size but yeah good for him you know <laughs> yeah totally yeah. totally yeah totally yeah. yeah no he's uh he's yeah i'm gonna maybe hang out with him tomorrow i'm thinking about possibly going up there but um, oh really cool yeah no he's yeah just fucking sweetheart and love him love you gabe you're probably hopefully gonna watch yeah. this but, wait uh, you're going to you're going to sacramento tomorrow there's a pot. I'm I'm about forty five percent down. I okay, told well, people can I bump your percentage up because I'm going to be in Rockland this weekend, dude. Oh shit! Well, I, I got to be back here Sunday for Shara's 
a, a thing that Cher is doing. I, I'm, I'm coming back Sunday morning too. So, okay, maybe I'll just uh, drive to Pacifica. Get to like sixty-five percent now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's pushing. It's probably more like thirty, but <laughs> I just run <laughs> it down. <laughs> no, totally. Uh, all right. So fuck yeah, man. Um, so I mean, so like we said, I've literally counted twenty-five bands. I mean, is there any other bands that like? Are you gonna? Are you doing anything that's coming forward? Are you, is there any other projects? Cause I mean, you're just a musical fountain. So, you know, I'm see all yeah. the stuff that you're doing. It's, is there any other bands that you're going to maybe jam with or anything like that? Yeah. It's just like, everything's kind of slow motion. I'm going to get back writing a new Ptilis album. Um, I had ideas for a solo album, which was going to be total shrapnel records, eighties kind of thing. Oh yeah, shreddy but not overly shreddy like really catchy stuff uh, but that's kind of a I have some songs written but I think I'm going to focus uh, my attention on like these two new projects I've been working on you know I, I left in Eternity's End beginning of the year I'm going to do my own power metal band here in Quebec with you know my friends um, it's going to be cool I got some songs written already um and this other band also, which is just going to be, you know, I'm a, I'm a big doom metal, doom metal fan. Um, like, but everything I've done so far is like extreme doom, like funeral doom. I want to make like a traditional epic doom kind of thing, like Kennel Mass, Solitude Eternus mixed with like some crazy solos and like, you know, crazy bass at the same time. So that's another thing I'm working on. Um not that metal stuff, but I mean, it's, I like, I like, uh, just the problem is fighting a, a, a vocalist for that kind of thing, you know? Um, yeah, that's a, a that's of- a genre that I haven't really dove into other than like dismemberment. That would be the one doom band that I would, or is it, is it, Doesn't am I thinking? Ring no. Disembowelment? Disembowelment. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Give it up for One of the dude. first really like extreme doom death bands. Uh, Disembowelment. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, there's, yeah two, they only just like two records right mm-hmm. uh yeah well they did like some demos an ep and an album uh, um i think they disbanded enough to doubt that that one album but um yeah they're one of the one of the greats man um like always been into like you know Thurgathon from finland um yeah drop Evol- some names of some shit if i'm into that like i want i want some other bands too that can dig deeper into the doom realm yeah i mean it's a great band to like um you know when you're like you're listening to that disembowelment band you know you'll find similar bands after that based on your preference of that is that's how doom metal um came to me it's like i found this one band that i really liked then i was looking for similar bands and that was like you know i i think the first doom metal album i really liked was the first evoken album but then i was like i gotta go back it's like okay evoken were big winter fans and being turgaton fans and skepticism fans and it's like i discovered these bands and then i went back further it's like okay winter were uh you know uh, all these bands were into other like traditional doom doom bands like so i discovered kennel mass solid uh, Eternus, uh solstice all these kind of bands so it's like it's always that one band, you know, that kind of hooks you into everything else, regardless of the style, you know. So there's not all man. It's like 
that's a good point of entry, you know, if, if, mm-hmm. if anything else uh, into that genre. Um, even like sometimes you go on metal archives and you go, you go just like in a similar artist tab for a band yeah, that you like, you'll find some surprises there. Like um, that's how I, I became like, you know, going back into going back, uh, talking about the U S scene. I really became fond uh, many years ago uh, about uh, U.S. power metal, uh, especially the '80s generation, and just finding one band and like going through metal archives and just going through the old American scene and just finding these bands. Just because I was into that band, I was looking for something similar, and it just kind of opened a new world for me, a new like generation, a new scene. Kind of, you know, um, and you you could do the same thing. You know, if you're really like into this one particular band even though you're not specifically into the genre, it kind of serves as a, as a bridge to kind of just you know, launch yourself into something, a new territory. And before you know it, you just, you, you become uh, addicted to this new genre and you bring these influences into your band. It's like, yeah, dude, it's like, it's the best thing, man. What trips me out about you? Like, cause you're like on the opposite spectrum of things. Like you go from, the ultimate like super shreddy most insane amount of notes in one second that you can do to like doom which is like the least amount of notes which that you can you do. explained as yeah. painfully slow early. yeah 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 you go to well, painfully yeah, slow to painfully fast yeah my, my funeral do ban a tremendous the slowest tempo is like 45 bpm it's really slow Jeez. Yeah, yeah, yeah so it's uh i think it's just you know it's similar songwriting devices you know the way the way i kind of structure things and you know chord progressions and stuff but it's kind of uh i guess a different emotion that i want to express requires a different um uh you know a style to accompany it you know yeah but at the same time first fragment you know that album we just did it sounds very you know obviously you look at the album cover and you listen to it it's very like triumphant and epic and you know uh intense but there's a hidden darkness inside of it. You know, uh, Dave, Dave's father died during the re- recording. Nicholas, our drummer, his father died also during the recording. My grandfather died during the recording. There's a hidden layer of darkness inside of it. So there's yeah. always there's always going to be contrast and everything. But I feel like cer- some some certain emotions, they, 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 they need another vehicle. And I'm not going to be able to find that with just death metal or tech tech death and tremendous or like any other band i do or every like you i'm sure you guys relate when you write music you know it has to come from a deep place and sometimes it just comes out in another another way you know um not fast stuff that is (laughs) so a tremendous is like you know it's, it's just the album like the concept is like a whole big ass story i won't tell you everything but it it like fits with the story and um Basically, when you listen to it, it feels like you're cold. It's like it reminds you of long Quebec winters, you know. Mm. So you have to be like in that mood, you know. So it's a different like setting. And I don't think I could achieve that atmosphere with First Fragment because First Fragment is about, you know, the music itself, not the lyrics. The lyrics are like a very epic, like fantasy story, story like uh, Dave. Like he writes all the lyrics for that band. It's like all like poems. Like they're all like written. It rhymes. It's all in French. And he has this crazy story. He's going to write a book, actually. He's going to have a book and the book is going to have the album cover. Like he has this epic thing going on. But like um, it's like like really like uh, 
cryptic um, poetry in the sense that you can interpret the, the, the lyrics in many ways. And, you know, it works well with the music. He, he explains his, motion, his emotions differently. While I kind of, I, for me, it's more like a direct kind of way, more like a lyrical thing. You, you know, you, you read the lyrics and you know exactly what's going on. And I, I don't think I could do that with First Fragment. So I just put that in another context somewhere else. And slow music is, is actually really challenging to play, man. Uh, just want to put this, put this out there. Um, I know like when you, you used to play stuff at 260 BPM. You kind of, it's like, oh, I got this, you know, but like literally sitting and just playing 60, 50 BPM riffs, making sure like all the vibratos are right. And just like the intonation, mm-hmm. it's like, it's actually as challenging. I'm not, I'm not joking, you know, no, it's, I'm, I, I <laughs> it's you, like, I totally get what experience. you're saying. Like yeah. you're, t- t- you're taking it to, it's, it's like a discipline, yeah and coming back again to first fragment we can't actually cross streams on that 19 minute song we we actually went there and added a doom metal riff just because it kind of ties like the the entire like that song ties all the spectrum of of music projects i've been involved with over the years and it just kind of it's like a some of my bands actually the lyrical concepts are like tied to each other like telis and tremendous the lyrical stories are like tied to each other. Like the, the bands have a, a, the same like stories. They're like based on the same fantasy, fantasy universe. If that makes sense. It's like an extended lore or something. And I do that with music too. I sometimes I'm going to put references from my other bands in another band, like uh Serac, there's some Serac riff that have direct references to first fragment riffs or, um, Cthulhu's uh, riff is going to have a little reference to a tremendous riff. It's, it's like you're kind of building a world, you know, through t- trying to build a world, you know, uh, through these musical projects. And I just want to like expand it further, you know, you just like explore other styles of music, you know. Uh, like I said, uh, I have a power metal band and a Trad Doom band. And maybe I'd like to have a AOR band, you know, like 80s melodic rock. Uh, emotional like you know big tom fills with tons of reverb on it and you know why yeah, not yeah, you yeah. know i like i like that i like that oh, kind yeah. of stuff too but um then it all it going back also to my main point is also the the whole like at a community aspect of it it just makes me be able to play with musicians all around the world and other you know different scenes so it's i i hope i can do that like forever to be honest like just have as many bands as possible and play with as many people as possible and I mean, with, as, as many as many genres as possible you know I mean, you being 29 and and you know looking at the list of bands that you're already in like imagine when you're fucking 40 like that, that, yeah you I, know I, I, yeah dude it's gonna it's be like, insane yeah i hope it will be insane <laughs> yeah i yeah. hope i don't get burned out it's 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 easy sometimes like i'm just feeling tired and some bits during the recording of this new album i would go like because I had to record the guitars like three times um, for different reasons. Um, the first time is because like uh, I didn't I didn't like how the guitars felt. And I went back and added a more personal touch to them. And like I was so burned out at nights. I was like, I don't want to like play 
and touch my guitar for like days, man. I'm I'm sure you guys, you guys have all played in such amazing bands and crazy bands that you've probably felt the same at some point. I'm I don't know about you, but I yeah. get the feeling that we've all been there, you know, just we've played support so much energy and sometimes it's so draining that you're like, you got to step away from everything just mm -hmm. for a brief moment, you know? Yeah. And that happens to me too, man. But at the end of the day, when the passion always comes back and that's, that's fucking, that's, that's drives me. And you know what, one thing that really motivates me the most these days is giving lessons to people like that as I've always been like, I'm not good enough to teach people. How do so, people get in, how do people get in touch with you for lessons? They just message me. It's like, I want lessons from you. I'm like, okay, sure. Just... Let's just set up a consultation. We'll see what you're looking for, what you want to improve on. And, you know, sometimes I get like musicians that are like as good as me. And like, I've got to challenge myself. I'm going to show you things you have never did before, you know? And it's like, it's a, it's a personal challenge. But at the same time, I can help people discover new things and, uh, you know, just, just like diversify their approach. But, I don't want to like change people fundamentally. Just want to like help them go in the direction they want. But awesome. like I said, it's super straightforward. Just people message me uh, either from my website or email or Instagram or Facebook. It's just, just what's your it's it's, it's very direct. URL? You know, pardon. What's your website again? URL. It's just like philtugas.ca. You know. Oh okay. Yeah. Okay. It's just it's just like really. So if you like, want a lesson, everyone, Phil. <laughs> Let's can play has like seven thousand solos in his head right now. Right now, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> At this well, moment it's, it's, of this plug, yeah, yeah, he could play it, seven thousand different solos right now. <laughs> he will. It's teach always you. fun, man. It's always different with everyone, you know. So I do. I run exercise with exercises with people, or show people some some tapping mechanics, or even learn songs together. Or sometimes I help them write riffs. They're like they have a, a writer's block, and a, I come up with a riff that is relevant to the, to the composition and we just you know just i was like oh here's like four different variations of the same riff tell me which one you prefer and they're like uh, uh i don't know man i said okay cool i'm just gonna tap them all and you just like you just choose like the variation you like the most and you know sick shit like like Damn. really nerdy shit like that um that's mm -hmm. sort of like really fun that really like on days that i'm like i'm feeling a little bit down then i have some lessons to do and after that i'm like oh this is exactly what i needed you know nice work with yeah so that's that's awesome man yeah man that's, it's it's really cool so i just it like keeps do you that. going financially it keeps you mm -hmm. it keeps that's probably you know we talk about merch and stuff like that in the beginning but like if people are given lessons that's money directly to the artists where they can survive and eat and stuff like that that's why i'm whenever yeah. someone says something about lessons i'm like fuck we need to really pl i mean because that's i mean i took lessons mm -hmm. uh one time i was i was i was drunk in the be beginning of the pandemic and i uh was me and greg were facetiming and i was like fuck i'm gonna buy 10 lessons right now like all drunk <laughs> and i just bought like i just bought 10 like not 10 maybe like six or something and i bought lessons and just mm -hmm. like i basically use it just to like pick his brain a little bit and did and you just, go through all six of them no, I just said keep the money, man, because you got he's got he's so one burnt. session. You're like, all right, dude, I'm out. No, he's got so many people out there. And I, it was more like a donation because I knew he was struggling at the time and he's going through some really hard stuff. And then I was just like, you know, it's kind of just like uh, to help the help one of my favorite artists out. Just like, dude, mm -hmm. you know, like show me some stuff. And he gave me a bunch of cool exercises. And and uh, it's really hard to explain. I, I think because I was like, whatever, like I'm showing up for a lesson, but I didn't know what I wanted 
to work on, you know, like, so the hardest thing was like showing up to the lesson and being like, what do I need to, to work on? And I would, sh- I would show him things that I was doing with my mechanics that I thought was not correct. And I wanted to work on. And he's like, actually, I like the way you do it better. I'm like, dude, that's not why I'm here. <laughs> he's like, actually, I like, cause I, cause I can down pick super fast. And he was like, well, if you can down pick it, just do it. And I was like, no, but I need to work on like my alternate picking stuff and my hybrid picking all this. I need to work on all the other stuff. But uh, yeah, no, he was, uh, he definitely gave me, he saw what he let me play for a little while. And he was like, all right, so here's, you know, this, this, you know, exercise and blah, blah. And he like, he, it's like what you're doing. It's kind of morphing to like, you know, someone showing up because it's kind of intimidating in the beginning. Cause I mean, I know I've known Greg forever, but like, if I, uh, like, I like that, that band Haken, like, I really like that band Haken. It's like a, mm-hmm. it's a newer prog band. And uh, I like the way they approach things. And the guy was like, I hit him up. I was like, I want like, yeah, hit me up. Like if you want to do lessons, I'm like, I'm totally down. And then it came, he hit me up again. And I was like, I'm just too nervous. I don't know like what to ask you. I don't even know. Like, <laughs> I don't even know where to start. Like, I'm just, you know, I'm just gonna, I would pay and just like, just play for me and I'll record it for myself later. And I'm, I'll look at it by myself. Like when I'm drunk going like, fuck yeah, dude, that was sick. <laughs> uh, like, but uh, yeah, that's, that was the hardest part with, because you know, these online lessons are becoming obviously with, with the pandemic and stuff. It's more of a commonplace um, nowadays is, is doing it via Which zoom cool, or doing it. I think, yeah. I think it's super cool. Cause you can, you can meet up with your favorite musicians and be like access. I'll just, yeah, just, I'll pick my favorite one that I love. I'm listening to this album right now. I'm going to, I'm listening to alluvial right now. I'm going to, I'm going to hit up Wes or I'm going to listen to like, you know, I'm going to hit up these people and just be like, and let's first fragment. I love the solo. I'm going to fucking just hit up Phil and Phil will be like, fuck yeah, let's jam. And you're just, it's really brought everyone together in such a cool way. Um, it's just really, to me, it, 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 when it came to me to actually do it, I was like, just kind of like froze like shit. This is like, this is too easy access like i'm just sitting in front of like one of my favorite guitar players i'm like oh shit yeah. now he's gonna watch me play fuck Dude. this this i don't want to <laughs> <laughs> you know i it's funny because i started getting lessons again myself too and i'm still gonna continue getting lessons on my side too because there's always like room for improvement and you know um it's just you never got never ending stop improvement and honestly yeah. i think i know exactly there's a lot of people I've played with over the years that I actually want to get lessons from, you know? Yeah. Um, but like other people out there that I will actually, what I'm thinking to do is probably get lessons from people. Like I'm really like I, my zone of comfort is like the whole like eighties shred worship, you know, whammy bar feel and, and uh, like wide vibrato and old school tech shred techniques. But I want to hit a really badass like more modern prog shredder and gain mm-hmm. more of that just add to that like that newer modern approach to my to what i do and just like step out of my comfort comfort zone you know yeah, that's I'm probably what more, i'm gonna do soon man i'm so noticing like more like, of the newer newer people are doing more of the like it's more rhythmic oriented like more uh, yeah. odd time signatures it's like it's getting like really weird with just rhythm yeah. and stuff is where people mm-hmm. are taking it i'm noticing because it went yeah, from like there's, a shred to that. Yeah. yeah. So it's like, I'm, I'm pretty much, I, it's funny because I give lessons to people all the time, but I kind of understand where you're coming from, the whole being intimidated thing, because I was always being, my, myself, I've always been deep, deep down of kind of a, I can be like very outgoing, but sometimes I can be kind of shy. So it's, it's mm-hmm. kind of constant battle, battle between the two. And when I first 
started getting lessons again, I was I was feeling that way, the exact same way too. But then I had a really good coach. Uh, you know, I was self-taught most of my life. I had some lessons from a fantastic teacher, Jean-François Jarry. Uh, you know, I owe him. He, he basically taught me how to be passionate about guitar. He didn't teach me like how to solo or 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 just like all the stuff that I do today, but he taught me how to be passionate and go into my own thing, do my own thing, you know? Yeah. And, but later on, I did, I decided I needed more lessons. I need a, somebody that's going to coach me to improve certain things. And that you realize that you got to put your ego aside, you yeah. know, because uh, yeah. you're not going to be able to do everything yourself. I mean, tabs and YouTube videos are great. They're fantastic, yeah. but you need somebody that shows you the ideology behind it, you know? Yeah, so, you know what's what actually was it was always for me is still the same thing where I'm way more nervous one on one with someone than I am playing in front of like a thousand people. I'm way more like when same. you're one on one with someone sitting at like staring at like what you're doing. Dude, and I can't that's do like it. something about like I start like freezing up. Like even my best friend Carrie, we're we're jamming together and like he'll come over here and I'm just like, it's my best friend. And I'm like, still like, I like, I get like shaky. I'm like, Oh, like I'm a, yeah. he's my most comfortable human that I know. And I still like when it's one-on-one, -on -one, there's just a pair of eyes. And I know, cause I know what he's thinking. I know everything because we grew up together playing guitar. So I know what he's thinking. I know if I whiff on something, he's going like, Oh, uh, you fucked that up. Well, yeah. So, but he's telling you though. That's, no, he's that's not. The best he does, he doesn't tell me. Like, that's when the he best friend. Oh, no, so he he's knows, hiding it. He's hiding no, he, it. No, no, no. He knows if I fuck something up that I know too. Like it's not like <laughs> he doesn't not, have to he, talk to you if you. He knows you know. And I and, and we always talked about it like with Casey and stuff like uh, back like in the odious days and shit like when we it, it's a bad habit that I formed. But with Dan and stuff when I was playing guitar or when I was playing bass, whatever. Me and Dan had this kind of sense of humor about fucking up. We thought it was pretty funny. Like when mm -hmm. someone fucked up, we we thought it was like kind of hilarious. Like, like, uh, you fucked up. It's, it's funny. Like, I don't know. It's something about like, because you just hear it. You're like, what are you doing, dude? <laughs> and like, <laughs> you give this like look to each other and be smiling. Like, what the fuck was, was that? And I'm like, it, it would just make us start laughing. Yeah. And then we start like, like turning into these like laughing fits. Like, because we just whiff like yeah. things that we knew we could hit. And we were just like, what the fuck was that? <laughs> you know? And it just, it was actually like, literally it would get us in like laughing fits where we'd have to take a break from practice because we'd be laughing so hard at like the fuck-ups like because we <laughs> thought it was hilarious we were just like we actually what what i've brought up probably 10 times on here but i'm now drunk again but um <laughs> where his his idea was to have the uh the lighting up x on your guitar so like like a red x that lights up every time you miss a note and just and on your guitar holy so, shit. <laughs> so holy every time shit. you miss a note like so like you're just so my idea, um, just my thought of it was like we're playing, and you just see like some flashing in the left hand corner, like in your inner peripheral like vision. Morse It's just going on. That would just get me. I would just start laughing if that happened, though. But that's uh, yeah, that was like our inside joke was like, dude, we got to get like a like one of those like family family feud X's like on your guitar, like if you miss a note or something, or come in late or come in early, like I don't know. You know, I relate to that so much. And here's the thing: when you're playing in so in front of so many people, you know, you get to the point that you know, you you do you do mistakes, but you're making them sound cool. You know? Yeah, yeah. I do a shit ton of mistakes when I play live, but people, I'm like, oh wow, I did a shit ton of mistakes, and people are like, I didn't hear you hear you play mistakes. Yeah, yeah. Like, really really yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know it's like okay yeah. it's okay whatever i mean it's no excuse to slack off but at the same time it's like 
you know, there's a way to kind of just sometimes we're overthinking too much. And I guess when you're yeah. playing in front of just one person, you're kind of overthinking a lot more than, you know, when you're playing I, yeah, the show. So I, I can relate to that, you know. Yeah, there'd be times where we like almost pretty much train wreck and we're like, it was, it's just a madhouse of sounds and sonic ridiculousness going around. Mm-hmm. But, and we'd, we'd get off stage and people would be like, I think you guys almost train wreck. Like, yeah, we weren't together for like a quarter of the song, but we got back on. But like, just the people don't really like i mean it's such a sonic assault live you know it's so and i still think like there's so much work sonically to be done to like perfect a death metal live show because sometimes not just only be... that you're like in this you're in this zone like as a as a fan and um go i'm going to a show and and you're stoked about it it's like when things are happening there's so many things happening even on the floor too when if you're yeah. moshing or whatever it's there's like a drunk guy over there there's someone that's over like yeah and you know like, how like our eyes correct things so it can our brains can accept the information correctly like it it could be the same thing with your ears too, dude. You yeah, know? yeah. With you other hear songs, and you just hear it, even if there's a mistake, you still yeah, hear it. You hear, you hear fucking a suffoc. You know, any suffoc. Name a suffocation song that we all know. Like you, you've heard it so many times. Like you may not catch fucking somebody flub if you're moshing to that song in a live setting. It's gonna mm-hmm. be like, kind of like going through a filter. You know. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and that's even like more iconic like that's even something where we like know there is dun, 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 you know but mm-hmm. like when it's like blazing fast like all over the place like those we used to make jokes about the minor second harmonies we I don't want to get into that <laughs> but like it's like when you're off like half step or half whatever step, it's like yeah, yeah those sick minor seconds but yeah dude, I don't know, you know, just you know uh, going for it like i did that on purpose dude yeah you don't know ornette coleman man fuck i'm doing that on purpose bro yeah yeah you know uh, one time i did a show in mexico and uh it was in a kind of a courtyard thing and it was right next to a train track no rooftop and we first we started playing the first song and you know we're not we're not tight man i'm like you know but then a train comes and like the train is so loud it just covers the whole band like there's a train like right next to the stage just hmm. like passing by super slow and it covers all our mistakes and people <laughs> were like yeah, because like the train is is like you know doing the 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 the, oh, the horn the horn oh, like throwing the horn and the guy comes out of the locomotive it's like yeah <laughs> like the train, oh really the train is going on and it's like we're just like we Pretty can't metal. hear anything anymore it's like good like people want to hear the mistakes <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> that was like that was so sick dude that was like one of the like that was like one of the funniest live uh that's things. so funny like yeah dude i live like a block and a half away from the train tracks over here on the coast and uh, I'll be like working on like music and stuff. And it's just like when that happens, like I just have to stop everything. Yeah. Just wait till the train passes because I can't hear like yeah. anything that's going on. Luckily, they don't come at this time of night. So it's like oh, at uh, least, yeah, the podcast would be like, wait, shit, what? <laughs> but uh, in the morning and, and like during the day. Yeah. But it's I, I don't mind it, but it's pretty funny. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of minor so. seconds, I just uh, transcribed an old Kano song that I'm rewriting or or i guess just transcribing and it has all these minor second sweeps (laughs) like like both guitars playing the sweeps but one is a minor second up 
from the other one, and it's just the like evilest, sickest thing ever. So I'm all about Very that. Cool. Shit, I want to hear that. That's sick. I remember I was one of those guys. I was like, no, you can't do that. Like when we were actually <laughs> doing it in the band back in the day. But now it's like I'm reviving the project, and I'm like, fuck Crazy. yes, I'm so Hell stoked yeah. on that. Yeah. So what are you listening to? Old recordings and transcribing by ear. I don't really need to listen to them to be honest. I remember them all. Like I, no shit. I, I've been really wanting to do this project, and I've kept it close in you know the front and of my how mind. How old is the project now? This is the project with Riley and our other friends. Yeah, I know, I know. But how old? Two thousand nine, two thousand ten. Dude, and that's still fresh in the brain. Well, I mean, there's not that many songs, so yeah. I mean, I've uh, picked them up over the years, but. Uh, some of the details I don't remember quite, but yeah, I don't know, man. I'm just, um, I guess plugging myself. Yeah. I'm working on this Kanos project and I'll try nice, to get Riley dude. to do it with me when, when we get closer to finishing. But, uh, for now it's just me and you know how it is the guitar pro, the struggle, just writing all the parts, all the bass, all the drums, all the two guitars. So it mm-hmm. takes a while and it's not my main band, but, um, uh, who would I be complaining about? being overworked by different bands on this particular episode so <laughs> what's uh what's riley's last name mcshane, McShane. oh Allegiance oh oh, singer, oh, yeah. oh yeah uh yeah uh riley's fucking awesome he's super versatile too yeah great. for sure he's did really you see like, that he, yeah. did you see that, that, that he just posted that he's doing the zombie voices for that game that the resident evil game yeah or vocals yeah, doing that too, got, oh really yours yeah. Too? yeah yeah oh, so cool that? man sorry that's, that's so sick, dude. That's something that I thought that maybe we it. might stumble across, but also Cheney's the she's I think it's Jill is the yeah. Is her oh yeah character's name. When yeah, are you gonna do a video game, dude? Okay. And I'd love to do that I'd one lo- time. I'd love to. I'd love like, to voice some like, shit. Like well, yeah, I, Anthony, I don't yeah. think I could do zombie sounds, but like weird, you know. Like hey dude, the is like sounds like all my homies are Whoa, working on some good. shit. Maybe I can good. get on the next one. Dude. Oh shit, dude, that was sick. I bet kind of weird shit, you know. Do yeah. that one more time. We didn't pick it up on the. Oh, sorry, yet. dude, I talked over it. That's it the Ktilis rattle, rattle. You know, it's like there's it, a bunch of that and that. That Ktilis it starts off and then it. it I think the. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny the, the like zoom's the, cutting it off dude the frequency, the frequency gets off. cut off but it's like yeah, it, it starts off yeah. i can hear the beginning of it then it then just goes so like, like the <laughs> <laughs> yes <No. dude>. and <laughs> just like the snort the snort one <laughs> like the like the tongue thing there's like a bunch of like i'd like to do like video game sounds one day but it's it's like maybe uh, yeah. Riley's on another level. I think <laughs> he's well, really versatile. Michael, I yeah. wanted to just plug Michael Alvarez from Flub. Oh yeah, is dude. trying to get into that. And if you watch his like demo videos, he cool. can do some insane vocals. Yeah, totally. Uh, it makes perfect sense. Also, Crazy. Tim from Paroxysmal Butchering, I think, has done a bit of that voice oh, acting stuff. So, nice, dude, that's so yeah, good. that's rad though. Like, I that's you on the Chathelis vocals. That's so sick. I gotta listen to that shit again. <laughs> yeah, yeah, do it, do it. It's the yeah. alien. Uh, if you're like into like that kind of thing, like alien type vocals, it's, it's definitely that. Well, I Doom. Mean, they they started with Doom was the first one. They had death metal vocalists come on for that last Doom game. The game. Oh, I think it's sort of like. That makes the, sense. Yeah, yeah they for, like that makes for the sense. zombies or whatever the whatever they are like. They had I forget who did it, but there was a some death metal vocalist they recruited for that, and I think mm. 
Resident Evil just took a page from that. What's book the Will like, Smith movie sure. that he was the? It was him and his dog, and it was zombies. Was that the I book of Eli? Or no, that was the, no. I am, I am legend. legend. Oh, I am legend. Yeah, yeah that was all. Those, all the uh, zombies in that movie is Mike Patton. Oh, really? Uh, really? Yeah. Holy oh, wow. shit! That is nice. All of so them. Sick, dude. <laughs> Damn. Oh, cool, man. Mike Patton <laughs> is the voice of all the zombies in that movie. Damn, that's awesome! I didn't even know that. That's fucking rad. That's yeah. sick. That'd be a great day you know. of work, you know. You're like, all right, <laughs> going yeah. to the office, just gonna <laughs> zombie it out today. <laughs> Travis Ryan didn't do anything. It seems like he kind of like started. He a lot of He'd be so good at that. Dude. I know. He'd be like, I, I bet best. he got that offered because I mean, who? Because oh, he like... did something else. He just posted some video or footage, uh, pictures where he was in the studio with like the guy who's like the fastest talker in the world. He did like the Michael Jackson song. Oh like, yeah. The beat oh, it thing. Yeah. Yeah. The beat no it guy. Way. He was like there what? with him and in a studio. So he must've just gotten picked for something, but he didn't reveal what it was yet. So, well, I'm sure damn. it's going to be cool. That's yeah. yeah. Damn. Dude, yeah. And shout out. Cause we brought up Chaney. Cause um, I actually just gave her a text about it, but uh, she put, you know, that one video she posted of uh, her doing like some vocals and shit uh, for the new album. Mm-hmm. That thing got it's at two million views in one and a half weeks. Damn! Wow. Whoa, yeah. that's insane. Sick. That insane amount of reach, yeah. man. That's so She's, cool. She's uh, I know. I'm just incredible. like, I mean, nice. He's, I mean, awesome. I actually I remember watching because I remember like just got posted when I watched it, and I, I mm-hmm. messaged her right away. I'm like, Jesus, man! Like you're like I can actually feel like her. Let's throw to the top anger. of the list is best fucking female metal vocalist right now, dude. Yeah, yeah. Wow. No, she crushes I mean, that, me for sure. I mean, and you're female, oh. yeah. <laughs> yeah. She crushes me as a male. I'm, not, I'm, not, uh, I'm reaching for no, cans. No. They're all empty, dude. <laughs> no, she. Uh, no, she, shout out to them. They're they're uh, with that album coming out on Metal Blade. I think that's going to really push them over the top and give them the exposure. Mm-hmm. You know, because Naveen, Sick. obviously one of the best uh, drummers in in the world, and with his mm-hmm. style and what he's gotten. He's pushing out a bunch of content too, and I know the word that everyone hates content, but he's pushing it out like crazy. Just you know, he has a formula where he's gonna put a song up or like him jamming every week or something, you know. And every time I watch it, it's him doing something different, and, and it's, it's fun. It's cool. Yeah, it's cool. They're they're you know, as far as like dealing with the internet and stuff, like they're very intelligent about like and calculated on how they put stuff out. So. And this next album's, I think, getting close to done. So, stoked to uh, to go over there and check it out. I heard, I already heard half of it. It was fucking awesome. So, it, just Naveen's got his own style of playing guitar. It's definitely, I don't think anyone plays like him. Really, it's a different style. Like it's completely rhythmic to his drums. You know, because he's recording the drums too. So it's like he's got this link with himself on how he's going to jam to things. And I don't know. Why I'm going off this rant. I think it's the alcohol. But uh, no, I'm fucking I'm stoked on what they're doing and 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 shout out to fucking Cheney for being a uh, two million in two weeks fucking that is fucking crazy and I know voicing and nice. voicing awesome. a, a main character in a oh, Resident yeah. Evil video Killing game. Mm-hmm. Cool, that's a good week. That's so a good week. Yeah, Pretty good week. Good week. Yeah, <laughs> they're fucking nice. killing it, dude. That's a fun week. Yeah, that's definitely awesome. Well. Should we wrap this one up, guys? Yeah, I think we're pushing three right now. We probably gotta already wrap a roo. I know, right? Put it in a Tupperware, and we gotta put this episode in the mic or in the refrigerator. (laughs) Yeah, microwave. Well, not yet. Tomorrow, microwave it on Thursday. Tomorrow we'll we'll microwave that up, dude. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Fuck yeah, man. 
Well, right cool, on. dude. I'm super glad. I'm glad you uh, yeah, responded so happily to come on. And I was yeah. super stoked when you when you said yes and and uh, got a lot of fucking insight of you probably touched a third of it because you're doing so many things and, and you're such a crazy musical fountain, like I said earlier, just stuff just coming out of your brain constantly. But uh, I really appreciate you coming on, man. It means a lot to us. And I've been listening to you for a long time. I can't wait to hear the new album. Thanks, man. Well, it's, it's an honor. Uh, I hope you like the new album. It's It's got a little bit of everything for everyone, despite it's really specific, like subgenre. Uh, it has its own niche, but at the same time, there's, you know, like, for example, uh, the new the single we just did is super shreddy neoclassical. And the second one we're going to do actually the last neoclassical song on the album has like a lot of swing grooves so people looking into like more into like you know um that type of thing like bouncy kind of thing but without you know like like i said i was talking about regal and joy tafola and like that that kind of swing thing that so we're talking about on. like that like that dink dink jack dink yeah you know trapalium and gorod they oh trapalium yeah 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 are they from canada pardon are they from Canada? Trabalion? No, they're from France. France, uh, okay. Yeah, yeah, France. But um, yeah, so I mean, like I said, it's it very. It says a specific thing, but at the same time, I think it has a little bit of it for for everyone. Um, don't expect it to be nice. uh, praised by everyone, but I mean, it's it's definitely the most intense thing we've ever done, and hope you guys enjoy it. Uh, and uh, like I said. Um, well, I don't have anything else to plug, really. Like I said, I'm just working on things at my own pace. And whatever comes out, it just comes out when it does. And, you know, uh, but dude, it was like I said, it's, it's, it's it was an honor to be interviewed by you guys. I've been listening to your bands since the 2000s. So it's it's a really cool. Uh, it's a really cool thing, man. <laughs> right on, dude. Yeah. Well, thank oh, you. Dude, thanks, yeah. Thanks, thanks for, for coming on. Yeah. yeah. For that, no doubt. And thank you for your time. Like, this was super cool. Um it's late for you right now, isn't it? Huh? What time is it right now? Well, uh, it's uh, like one oh eight. One. No, it's oh. not. It's not. It's not a problem. Like, all right. Actually, <laughs> go to sleep like an hour later. Well, thanks for your call. Thanks for dealing. Of course, with that, of course, it's my pleasure. Well, cool. Yeah. We'll uh, wrapping up thirty eight guys. Um, thanks to all the subscribers. Thanks to everybody who watched this, who isn't a subscriber, but please, if you haven't subscribed, just subscribe and do all the notifications, buttons, all the lovely shit. Calidef.com. Joseph, what's up, brother? We got There's something coming soon. Blog post for the new episode. Nice, dude. So oh, yeah. blog posts over at calidef.com, Instagram, Facebook, all that shit. Um, yeah, we'll be here next week, guys. Have, a, have an awesome time. We'll see you soon.